2: Battlecat, and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe.
3: star joe's podcast episode 207 han solo goes to Joecon. i'm your host ryan and i'm robert and welcome back everyone yes we are here and we got
2: robert joining us again yay what what <laughs> i know it's been yay. So long
3: i know <laughs> Um, it, Robert, if you had not made it tonight, I was going to be like, okay, then you give me a time and you give me a date and I will be there and we're going to record something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know. And even then, it's no guarantee that I would actually show up. I, mean, I know.
3: know. No, I would just show up at your house. <laughs> that's what it would be.
2: Oh, that, that's, that's probably a good guarantee. That <laughs> might work.
1: I, I thought you were supposed to hide in the window or hide outside the window. No, no. I'm coming in
2: the door this time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, so the yeah. other voice
3: that you hear, uh, what would a Star Wars movie review be without <laughs> the good man, Mr. Eric Grubb? Eric, thanks for joining us again.
1: Hi, thanks for having me again. Yeah.
3: Um, so, uh, just to kind of give everyone a, 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 idea of what's going to happen in this episode, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Robert's going to talk to us about Joe Con, and we're going to talk about some, some things that are happening in the, uh, Star Joe's universe wise, and then, uh, Robert's going to leave us because he has not seen the solo movie yet.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ooh. I know, I know.
3: That's stupid.
1: The family obligations and stuff get I, in the way. I, I blame well. the ranch ninja. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, it, it, you wouldn't be too far off. That a good part of it, so.
3: uh, I actually blame, uh, I will blame Disney for changing the pattern of putting a Star Wars movie in May instead of in December like they've been doing because now you know you got the whole rotation off. It had been December. Robert may have been able to see it, but then they moved it to May, and it's all screwed up now. So.
2: <laughs> yep. It's all their fault. <laughs> We're going to blame
3: Disney because they have the money to take that type of blame. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, by the way, holy cow, actually that's a big news item was, uh, well, I know it's still got to go through its channels and everything else, but Disney looks like they're going to be getting Fox. So. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, that's going through.
3: So now we might get the X-Men, uh, in, and Fantastic Four and all that into a Marvel Universe stuff.
1: Well, the, the funny thing about that is, um, for my wife's birthday last year, I bought her a share of Disney stock, uh-huh. um, and smart, so she's she gets stuff in the mail, and, and she actually has the vote on if being a shareholder. If if you're, okay, like, I think it was three questions on the ballot, okay. but that was also pre Comcast jumping in and yeah. mucking <laughs> mucking it all up. But the questions were like, basically, are you okay with this? Do you have a problem with this? And then I forget what the third question was.
3: So let me ask you this, and don't I mean don't speak on behalf of your wife, but. Are you guys okay with this? I mean, I think I made myself clear, but are you guys okay with this stuff? Uh, either one of you, whoever wants to jump in on that.
1: Liz, Liz, not care. She doesn't care. Okay. Uh, all she cares about is affected. She's uh, a Disney stockholder. That's okay. all she cares okay. about. <laughs> I care. I think it's good. But, you think it's good? Okay. Yeah. Robert, what do you think?
2: Um. No, I think. Well. I think having you know, these huge conglomerate, I mean, that's like the next big thing, yeah. you know, just in general, like these huge corporations. Um, but the only reason I, d- I don't mind, I don't mind. And I think the reason why I don't so much is just because if Disney were putting out like crap products and not, um, you know, not uh, promoting it well or not marketing it well or not creating, you know, uh, a good merchandise for it or something, I would, you know, I'd have more of an issue, but like, that's what they're the best at. Yeah. So whether you like Disney or not, like you, you got to give them credit for the track record as far as how to, um, build up a franchise, how to like fund and market. I mean, they're just onto this billion dollar kind of uphill, you know, climb. It's amazing.
3: Yeah. Well, and I, I think for all three of us, I think none of us are Disney haters. And I mean, Eric, and yeah.
0: you're
1: a, disney fanatic and i kind of am too so uh Mm -hmm. well like case in point i literally we got home as we were eating dinner uh toy story land in hollywood studios then in orlando officially opens tomorrow oh yeah but all the press preview stuff has been like the opening ceremony was today and the press stuff was yesterday so we were watching youtube videos (laughs) as i'm wandering through the uh, toy story land so that's awesome i'll probably be doing that after we're done recording <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: but yeah, I, I, for me, it's one of those things like, since Disney owns Marvel, I'm happy and I'm, I'm actually thrilled to see a lot of these, of those properties come back.
1: And yeah,
2: for sure. Like, I'm way excited about the X-Men in yeah, particular. yeah. So that basically just
1: leaves, um, Spider-Man yeah. out in the cold right. now, right? Yeah. yeah.
2: But the nice thing with that is
3: Sony has been yeah, happy to work Sony with deal. Disney. So, um, but the, the I know Fox wasn't wanting to work with Disney, which is why it was such an issue and everything. But um, I, I'm thrilled. Obviously, there's dangers of having this big of a company being controlled so much. But as long as they're, to your point, Robert, as long as they're putting out good product, I'm okay with it because it's like they're putting out good stuff. I want to see this stuff. Uh, yeah, it really hasn't been much as far as duds in, in my opinion. So.
2: Well, and then, you know, with their acquisition, it, and the thing is too they have a, a track record at this point with yeah. their acquisition initially of Pixar, yeah, right? Uh who innovated, you know, the th- you know, 3D animation. I I mean really invented it and innovated it and with Disney backing, we are able to do so much more. Yeah. Then when they acquired Marvel, it's not like those movies got worse or they did less, right? right. They just almost doubled production. Right. And uh and really kind of we hands off. It's not like they came in and like yeah. fired Kevin Feige and decided to do their own thing. Right. Right. Like they're good at acquiring something and then letting them develop it however they need to. So, um, yeah. So it's like they, they, they're building this empire or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But, uh,
3: How how appropriate for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) No joke. (laughs) We're going to be the rebels that have to go up against them at some point.
2: Uh, Well, one of the
1: the funny things about Pixar is if you know the history of Pixar, it was started as a division of Lucasfilm, right? Yeah. Under under Industrial Light Magic, so it's kind of funny that it all it's all coming back home again. It's all come back (laughs) under one umbrella again. Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
3: Uh, so yeah, I totally didn't mean to even go down that tangent, but I was like, oh, that was huge news, and it's definitely related to a lot of geeky stuff that we love. So well, and as
1: you're talking about it, Incredibles 2 came out. Yes, too. Uh, no pun Two as well. The the but. good <laughs> uh, the good uh, Fantastic Four movie. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one of us the three of us that's seen it? I think so. I've seen it. I've oh seen
2: yeah. It. Oh, okay. I know, I've seen that, but I haven't seen Solo. I, I know what was on the tip of all your tongue. What the? Uh... <laughs> no, no I'll, it's, it's I'll uh, that that is the Ranch Thief's Fault. That's what that was about.
3: Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> no, I want to see, I plan to see Incredibles 2 because I love the first one. So, um, and I've heard nothing but good things about Incredibles 2, so Yeah. Looking forward to that.
1: I mean, I'm not a like the first one's fine. I'm not Crazy over it like so many people I know seem to be, but yeah. I feel like the second one is you could basically watch the back to back, and it's like you're just watching one one long movie.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I it would it agree. That's like definitely, perfectly. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like what I I think what I like the best about it is that it is pretty seamless, and considering there was like a fourteen year, twelve or fourteen year 14. gap or something like that, fourteen years between the first and second one, and the fact that it just so seamlessly moves right in, it's, it's yeah. that's. Pretty impressive. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to say this is an Incredibles review, but I'm not going to say like the second one will blow your mind. But if you like the first one, you'll definitely like the second one. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm kind of with Eric. Like I like it. It's not my favorite Pixar movie, but I um, even as into superheroes as I am, but it's uh, uh, but yeah. But the, the, there's there's good laughs. There's a lot of good character development, and it's a good movie though.
3: Yeah. I liked it. All right. So real quick off the top of your head. Favorite Pixar movie.
2: Um, so, as our family, like we actually did this. We, we always do it for dinner. We talk about what's your favorite this or what's your three favorite this, and yeah. we kind of go around the table and do that. So this, is why, this is why this is why
3: this is why I like your family so much. I know, man, right? I this would fit right, right in.
2: in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually looked up. Uh, I know this was supposed to be a short answer, but it's no, not. But it just kind of. But there was a. There were, we, we saw this list of like the. You know, there's been 20 Pixar films now. Wow. Total. Mm-hmm. In, uh, it's like 17 years or something. They've done 20 films in 17 years.
1: No, the first one was 95. So it's, uh, 23, Three.
2: 23. Yeah. Oh, 23 years. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Toy Story so, came out in 1995. That's right. That's right. Um, but they, uh, so they kind of ranked them, right? From yeah. best to worst or from worst to best or whatever. And I did We did not agree with the list at all. But um, I think, oh shoot! Um, after all that explanation, I forgot what I picked first. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! And don't um, and don't feel bad about taking
3: up more time with this answer because uh, people haven't heard from you in a while. So you <laughs> not to keep rubbing that in, but you need to.
2: No, no, that's why keep it coming. You all need right, to be heard. All. So. You know, it's. Uh, we'll get into this, but all through JoeCon, we had people come up and be like, "Oh my gosh, I love, I love Star Joe's. I've been a long time listener. Are you even on the show anymore?" And I'm like, ar, ar, ar. <laughs> all, right, "All right, all right." We got
1: to get a text from to- friends about <laughs> you staying in the hotel room with their wife.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. We're gonna get into that. We'll get into <laughs> all
3: that. But yeah, we gotta get. We gotta. Robert and I have to like work out okay. some type of schedule to get him on the show more. So
2: I know, man. I know it. Okay, so, uh, Pixar film. Okay, right off the top of my head, um, oh man,
1: uh. If you want more time, I can go. I, I got Yeah, you, that. yeah,
2: Eric, you go real quick. <laughs> Wally. Cause I'm trying to decide between three.
1: It's, if, I well, I loved, like, the Toy Story movies, all, like, especially the first one because of the groundbreaking, like, that was probably my, my number one for a long time. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Wally, man, I, God, there's just, That first thirty minutes or so of that movie, when there's just, it's just the music and the sound and the visuals, and like I love the the score It's amazing. Uh, I mean, if if it was my son right now, he is completely freaking obsessed with the Toy Story movies, specifically specifically the uh, Toy Story that Time Forgot, which is the Christmas short they did a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, Oh which is the one that's like, it's, it's like a gigantic He-Man ripoff with only with dinosaurs. Uh, <laughs> and those are like his two favorite things right now is, is, is bees is because it's, it's, it's called buzz and, uh, bees and the rars. So, <laughs> but nice. absolutely Wally. Uh, man, I I love Wally. Thanks. Never get enough of that. All right. Did, Robert, did you have one now?
2: Um, yeah, no, I think for me, uh, well, I've enjoyed uh, all of them. I mean, I don't think there's been a miss. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've I've really enjoyed all of them. Uh, I think for me, like Inside Out was partly because my kids were at the perfect age for that.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so w- when it first came out, we really liked it. And to me, it just really got into like emotions and psyche and like uh, you know, just like psychology, like way more than I thought a kids movie. Would you yeah. know what I mean? And it was it was very like deep and poignant for adults and parents. Especially, it was just like that really kind of um struck a chord with me.
3: So this and is, then, this is where you get to yell at me, Robert. That is the only Pixar movie I have not seen yet. And and I know, I know, I would love it because I was a psychology major, so that's what my degree. is. Oh
2: man, you would get so many of the jokes. Yeah, that's what that's what
3: my degree is in, and I know I would love it. And I also know because I've heard from other people, I'm like, yeah, I would probably get choked up at certain points, and yeah. So
2: it's bing bong, bing
3: bong. Yeah, (laughs) I know.
2: Well, and then and then we went we went back and watched it recently, and the girl in that movie is like 11 or 12 which is the same age as my son and my daughter's nine. And we just moved halfway across the country and they're trying to find friends and they're trying to emotionally deal with that transition. And I watched it recently and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> this is a, oh my gosh. I was just like, "It was impossible. I mean, it's, it's one of those that you can, uh, I don't know, especially if you're in that situation, like you can really just, uh, relate to it, you know? Cool. Well, so, especially. So for me, yeah, that one. Yeah.
1: With with the way I grew up and my dad military moving all the time, it was I could identify it real well because every two to three years we were moving, In yeah. a lot of cases it was California, Virginia, Virginia, California. It was across the country. You're just kind of like, well, adios, everyone that I knew.
2: Right, jeez, <laughs> man, that's so crazy. Yeah.
1: So it's yeah, I you know my wife was just kind of like, eh, it's okay. I think if she was to go back and rewatch it, and uh, she might have a different opinion on that. Um, yeah. The only one I haven't seen is Good Dinosaur. Oh, that's a good one. So
2: yeah, right. that's kind of. I, I've kind of heard
1: that one's not real good. So. Yeah, I
2: mean it's yeah. good.
3: It's good, but it's not. Yeah, com- when you compare it to all the rest of them, you're like,
2: eh. <laughs> yeah, I, so I've looked at a couple of these ranked lists, um, and you know everybody like in their last five kind of uh, are typically either sequels, right? Some of the sequels like a Cars Probably Two Cars or two. Uh, yep. yeah. And, um, or and uh, you know, Brave is usually down there. Monster University, Good Dinosaurs, usually like sixteen and above. Uh, as far as like or sixteen or below, and then Bug's Life is kind of in there. Um, oh and yeah, then, I love but, Bug's Life. I don't know. I think
1: Bug's Life kind of gets forgotten.
2: Yeah, I, love I think that it one. does too, for because sure. Because it's in between Toy Story one and two. Yeah. Yeah. So. But um, yeah. So here, like, they're. But, you know, Toy Story 1 through 3 is typically on everybody's, like, in everybody's top five or six, just because of, again, how groundbreaking it was. But on this particular list right now, I mean, because it's everybody's opinion is different, because this is a different list than what I was looking at the other day. Yeah. They've got number one as Wally. Okay. Ha <laughs> ha! Which I'm amazed at that, because typically Toy Story is always the number one on those lists. Yeah. Um, Number three is Finding Nemo which I'm a bit surprised at with that one I, and then I'm not. <laughs> I mean it's it's good but I, like yeah. I would say I don't know well I, well, I, I actually
3: good. I actually put finding well so I'll tell you my number one yeah. for a lot of pers- personal reasons is uh, Toy Story 2 because uh, I love the first Toy story the second one has of course the quintessential like Star Wars references in it and, and stuff <laughs> like that so it resonates a lot more with me. I also am a big fan of it because it's, it, even though there's introduction to new characters and everything else, it's, it was finally like, okay, you know these characters, now they get to go on a real adventure. Um, so. That's true, yeah. I really like that one. My number two is Finding Nemo and that's because of, I, I enjoy the story and I really, I really love the story, but it's the visuals of it that really bring me in because I love sea life and, underwater stuff and all so like that to me is about as close as you can get in animation to what underwater is really like and it was just like Mm -hmm. all these cool like just bright vivid
1: vibrant colors and everything else just see i i feel that way a lot about the first cars movie too yeah yeah Um, like it's plot wise whatever it's it's okay but the backgrounds in the first because i mean i effectively grew up out west i've spent a lot of time driving out in the mountains and the desert areas of of you know the southwest yeah Mm -hmm. and i love it out there and i see these backgrounds and it's just stunning i mean the it's just beautiful the way they that movie is beautifully it's just so artistically well or not well but whatever um (laughs) it's just (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it just uh, like the backgrounds are just an artistic masterpiece to yeah, me. And then yeah. when they opened Cars Land out in in California Adventure Disneyland, I mean, that is amazing.
3: And I've heard so, like even if you don't, even if you weren't someone that enjoyed the Cars movies at all, just walking in there like and being actually in that world because you really are in that world from everything yeah. I've heard. It's just it, it's breathtaking. It's amazing. So.
1: It, and it's going to be interesting as we're talking about Pixar with, I don't know how well you guys have been keeping up with the whole John Lasseter situation. Yeah. Um, he's, he's out. I mean, he's gone. Yeah. Um, right. Whatever the, I I like, I don't know anyone who really, if it's out there anywhere, what really happened with him much. I mean, I get it. He was very touchy feely with people and apparently very commenty, but I don't know the extent beyond that, but it's kind of one of those things where like, I associate Pixar so strongly with Lasseter. Oh, yeah. It's just, uh, oh shit, he's out. Now what do we do? And, and I know Pete Doctor is going to be taking over Disney animation. And I, there's a woman that's taken over Pixar, but she was, um, I think she was the writer of Frozen and, uh, uh, one of the screenwriters for Wreck It Ralph. So she's got, she's been in, she's been around since for 12, 13 years or something in the company. So she's not. Yeah. But it's just, it's going to be interesting to see where Pixar yeah. and Disney animation go from here.
3: Which I just saw Frozen recently. Uh, because, like for the first time? Like for the first time. <laughs> just because it was just so overhyped and I was like, I got sick of the yeah, song yeah. and all that type of stuff. So I was just like, so I finally watched it. It's actually a really good movie. I really enjoyed it.
1: I, I think Tangled and Moana are much better movies than Frozen.
3: Yeah, but I, I still, I haven't seen Moana, but I, um, but I still enjoyed Frozen much more than I thought I wanted to. So. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I, you know, having a little girl like yes. we watched a lot. Um, a but times. then it was kind of like ruined for me when we were watching, we were watching it. It's playing in the background. And right when, um, (laughs) right when Elsa started singing, like the let it go song. Yeah. Uh, my son Connor, like, ripped this enormous part. (laughs) Like the loudest, like, trumpet of a part. And she was, like, singing can't hold it back anymore let it go and we're like oh my gosh if you go back and listen to that song it, every single word applies to gastrointestinal problems it's just like non-stop like i got a storm swirling inside like you know what i mean like it's like I let it go and, like, slam the door. Like, like I can't hold it back. You're like, oh, my gosh. It's like the whole... I, ne- I'll never be able to listen to that song the same again. I don't... I Every don't. time it comes on, everybody just makes fart noises and laughs at the storm in my house. I,
3: I don't do sound effects too much anymore, but I know what's going on in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I think you
2: just oh. The wind is howling like this swirling storm inside. Couldn't keep it in, heaven knows I would try Don't let them in, don't let them see Be the good girl you always
0: have to be Conceal, don't feel, don't let them know
1: I almost had an asthma attack. I was laughing so hard. Oh god! It's, I mean,
2: oh my gosh! It's like, <laughs> word for word. It's just like uh, so. Instead of saying, um, uh, like instead of saying the cold doesn't bother me anymore, we just say the smell doesn't bother me anymore, right. and like we just sing over it as loud as we can. Like if you just look at the lyrics, it's the worst, man. And
3: this is why we have to have Robert on the show more often. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. This, this is the impromptu Starge's comedy that just doesn't happen when I'm by myself talking to a wow. microphone. <laughs>
0: All right, here, here we go. Okay,
2: going right into not even the second verse, the second stanza basically says, the wind is howling like a swirling storm inside. I couldn't keep it in. Heaven knows I've tried. Don't let them in. Don't let them see. Be the good girl you always have to be. Conceal. Don't feel. Don't let them know. Well, now they know. Let it go,
1: right? <laughs> Let it go. No, women don't fart and if they No, no. It, but gross.
2: until you until you can't hold it back anymore. Right, right. Oh, right. Turn away and slam the door. I don't care what they're going to say. Let the storm rage on. <laughs> the smell never bothered me anyway. <laughs> oh, it's just too good. Like, it what is. were they thinking? It oh oh way my
1: way I'm never going to not be able to. <laughs> I know. You've ruined it
3: for me. <laughs> or improved like, it for oh. me, one of the two.
2: <laughs> oh, God. It just keeps going, even the, after the chorus. It's funny how some distance makes everything seem small. And the fears that once controlled me can't get to me at all. It's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. <laughs> it just goes on and on. I like the fact oh you
1: have the song memorized.
2: Well, I've we, we've played it. I can't tell you how many times we've played it.
1: Hundreds of thousands of times.
2: Well, one, because, again, I have a nine-year-old girl, uh, and this is like the perfect age for it. But then as soon as we knew that was the fart song, then they played it twice as much. Uh-huh. So but that was the only way I could stand it. I think there were some parents who were just like, "I cannot take this song anymore." But that actually made it fun. That made it fun for me. I didn't mind it after that. Yeah, that's
1: awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was years ago. I was out in um when the Frozen thing was really like really exploding. I was out. Pun of- <laughs> intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm out of Disneyland, and um I was walking by one of the store, one of the stores behind the castle. And I literally watched a fight break out between two mothers trying to get grab an Olaf toy.
2: Wow! Oh my gosh! What? That's crazy.
1: And it was funny because they had just stocked all this stuff, and these two women grabbed the same one, and and it's like uh, you know, it's like a bad movie somewhere, you know, like (laughs) Women of Walmart or Moms of Walmart or whatever one of those things. You see people fighting during Black Friday. (laughs) Uh, So I just reached over and grabbed one, and then backed out because I was getting one for my niece. Yeah, and. The uh, security standing there, waiting, trying to get them to bro- broken up, and the one security guard looks at me, and goes, "Hey, if you got the size, use it." And I said, "Exactly." <laughs>
2: <laughs> you just kind of push your way past the no, cap I
1: literally just reached over him and grabbed one off the shelf because <laughs> I wasn't worried about them hurting me. They were too focused on the
2: toy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's scary. crazy.
1: So, uh, so Joecon. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah. So So segment two. Right, right. You like that little slight segue right into? It was so smooth. It was was natural, yeah.
2: Yeah, I know. Um,
3: So no You think I've been doing this for eight years, so.
2: (laughs) Man, that's. I know, isn't that crazy? That is crazy.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Yeah, so, okay. So this last weekend was the last uh, official JoeCon that is being run by Fun Publications, right? right. That's the company that's been running JoeCon, uh, for 25 years. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's been some form of a JoeCon, maybe not in its like current, you know, format, but they've been doing you know, JoeCon for quite a while. Uh, they also did BotCon for a long time. And as of like, uh, what was it? I think. Three years ago, they announced, okay, you know, this was the last year. We're not going to have any more JoeCon." Everybody was super sad. It was just like, yeah. oh, my gosh. It's like end of an era kind of a thing. And uh, then they kind of got word that Hasbro was going to extend their license to allow them to still be officially partnered with Hasbro and still to do the subscription service figures. Um because I think at that point – now, this is just me speculating. I don't sure. have any insider information here. But just – I think at that point, like, Hasbro had their Hasbro-specific convention, HasCon, in the works and planning but not necessarily ready to launch. And they were like, you know what? All right. Let's, why don't you do a couple more years? And, you know, they were certainly you know, – the Fun Publications was certainly happy to do that. That kind of was better for them. Uh, and while Hasbro kind of got their HasCon together, you know. Um then so they extended it one year and that next year they're like everybody's thinking, oh man, this is the last year. And they're like, hey, we just got news, we can do another year. And so like for the last three years, everybody thought it was the last year. Um well this is officially actually yeah no <laughs> no qualifications. This is the last year. This was the last time they were gonna hold it. Yeah. And uh I've been going to JoeCon since two thousand and nine. I believe was the year they held it in, um, Providence, Rhode Island, which was the, is the headquarters, uh, the city, you know, where Hasbro is headquartered at. And that was also the first year that G.I. Joe had come out from IDW. So I was, you know, just becoming prominent with the, uh, the property. We were set up with IDW at the convention. It was the first year IDW set up at Hasbro or at uh, a JoeCon. And it was the first time I had met Larry. Um, you know, just, it was, uh, it was pretty awesome. It was an awesome experience. Um, and then I kind of, I went to JoeCon the next year as well down in Orlando. And <laughs> a little bit of about JoeCon, if you're not familiar with it, it's a traveling convention. Like it moves from city to city to city year after year. And, uh, I, so I thought, oh, this is great. The very first JoeCon kind went to is up in the Northeast, you know, and I can go down to Orlando and hit a whole new crowd and just meet all these new Joe fans. And what I didn't realize was it's like the exact same 2,000 people <laughs> go everywhere the show goes. Um, you yes, know, there's, it becomes there's,
3: their, it becomes their vacation a lot. Of,
2: yeah. A lot it's like they're exactly, definitely. It's like they're a mecca. You know, it's like they, you know, you've got hardcore collectors. This is their vacation for the year. And they're just going to go wherever the show goes, which is a fun way for them to travel and see new things. But So I, the Gangbusters, personally, the first year and the second year, not nearly as well because they all got stuff for me the first year. <laughs> <laughs> and there's only so much new stuff I had come out from year to year. So I was like, you know what? I think I'll do Joe Con every other year. And uh, I was kind of on that pattern for, qu- for quite a while. Every once in a while I might miss two, just depending on schedules and stuff. But um, it's... What you'll see if you look up any of the posts of people that are big in the Joe community as far as the collectors or the cosplayers with G.I. Joe's Finest, the, you know, the cosplay group, um, the official cosplay group for G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not um, technically part of. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty awesome. Um The, you know, the, if you read their posts about the last JoeCon, I think the most prevalent word I saw in every single one of those was family. Yeah. that everybody felt it was friends and collectors who came together with similar interests and a love and a passion for the property. And that brought so many people together and, uh, it was just a bond, you know, it's just like you get to go and hang out with the same group every year. Everybody looked forward to it, catching up, hanging out. It was just, you know, it just went beyond really good friends. Like everybody would look out for each other. Everybody was, uh, so helpful and kind. you know, I, was always kind of on the periphery of it in that I made really good friends with a lot of these people who, um, you know, just were so passionate about the property. Um, but I, for me personally, and this happened again, this last, uh, convention, I never, I never get to fully socialize at a convention. Yeah. Um, it's just one of the, you know, it's just kind of one of the pros and cons of being at a show as a professional is that you're there to, meet and and talk with and hang out with with fans and friends and um and you know you're there to kind of make money and to be representative of the property to a certain extent um but that also means that you know people want you to do sketches and commissions which i'm happy to do and i love doing but uh those (laughs) those take time so you can't (laughs) yeah (laughs) so typically in the evening after the show i'd be drawing all night
3: and that's like uh when i came out for springfield uh springfield one out in your uh your old neighborhood, um, yeah. uh, I ended up, I think most of the time I ended up behind your table helping you because you had like this big spread there and everything else. So I was like watching one end yeah. and you were watching the other end and you were doing your commissions and everything else. So, and I know enough of your stuff that I'm like, I was able to answer questions for people. I think there was maybe three times that I turned to you that whole weekend and was like, yeah, Robert, I'm going to go do stuff because that's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, you would go to a panel and record or yeah. talk to people and I was like, I never get to go to panels. Yeah. Have fun. Like, yeah. good job. <laughs> but I would record
3: it and then you got to hear it later.
2: So. That's true. And I'm really glad that that worked out. Yeah, so this... Uh, so. You know, it's it's been an interesting experience, and we did a, a review of JoeCon, especially that one in Springfield, and how it was so different than regular comic book conventions. Yeah. And you know, we had suggestions on how we thought maybe it could be done better, or things that we really loved about it that we thought was done really well, and yeah. it was fun and cool and different. Um, and all those things are still the same. Like none of that changes from year to year. So it's they all very. No, of course not. I <laughs> You know, I've been trying to talk to them about things to uh change or just or do and, and it just if anything it got a little worse, so whatever. <laughs> um, but I'm not, you know, I'm not too negative or too nitpicky about it. I kind of accepted yeah. their stance on, you know, how they're going to present the show, how they're going to run the show and and as soon as I realized like, oh, this is their their whole reason for running the show is to sell their subscription service sets. I mean, cause that's their moneymaker. And if I realized, Oh, well that's their focus. I'm kind of a, an afterthought and that's fine. I'm cool with that. I just needed to know like they're not going to cater to the comic book crowd at all. And so that's okay. But now I know that going into it, you know? Yeah. Um, so at this show, uh, it was, it was really good, man. I can't, it, I don't think it could have gone better um for the show or for the fans it was in a very nice uh convention center in uh, chattanooga tennessee and uh it was just really you know you go into some you know like even the one in springfield was pretty crappy to be yeah. honest yeah um the as far as civic centers or, i mean i, still, I, mean, and I, I re- still
3: have i saw it fun but yeah
2: oh yeah yeah no i mean the 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 facilities yeah like, weren't, the weren't, weren't the best yeah. Um, and I've been. In, it's interesting because I've there is a difference between a civic center and a convention center. <laughs> this yes. is what I've noticed over the years. Civic center is like uh, where you have the Harlem Globetrotters or you will have a, a wrestling match. You know, what right. <laughs> like it's uh, a convention center is like nice open floor, carpeted floors. It's all the facilities. And so it was a really great, really nice, uh, high end convention center. Um, and the space was nice and big and we filled that space. I don't think I've ever been to a Joe Con that was so well attended. Um, I don't know what the numbers were. I would guess probably pretty close to 5,000. Um, which, you know, is, is, you know, small when you're talking the numbers of regular comic conventions. But when you're talking about, uh, a convention devoted to a single property, uh, that has no current product, movie animation or anything <laughs> yeah, like uh, in production to have a convention and 5,000 people show up and spend lots and lots of money at it. That's pretty, that was pretty good. I think, you know, obviously part of it being the last show was, uh, you know, brought people out. Um, I talked to, uh, man, I probably uh, at least 10 or in 10 to 12 different people, from other countries that flew in for the show. So there was three guys from South Africa, two people from Australia I met, and then a group of people from Spain and a couple from England that flew over for the show. I'm like, that's amazing to me. Um, so in general, the, the show was, was very well run, very smooth, really good. As far as my experiences, how like Joe cons go, it was probably one of the, a, a, the, only, the best one next to the one at Hasbro headquarters, that was really well set up and Hasbro had a huge presence there. And I don't think Hasbro was set up anywhere, you know, at this show. But yeah. besides that, like it was a very well run, good show.
3: Well, Robert, I will tell you, you were referring to, uh, a convention that doesn't have anything current out there, uh, and how well it turned out. I got a, a convention you need to come up here and visit with me. Uh, yeah, uh, GemCon.
2: Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw you. I, I saw you post about that. And uh, uh,
3: yeah, go ahead. It's, so it's been going on since 2005. What? Whoa, what? And, and it travels from city to city just like JoeCon does. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, I had no idea. I didn't either. I only knew about it this year because I had friends that were like, Hey, did you know this is coming to Ohio? <laughs> and it's literally going to be 20 minutes from my house. So. Wow. Um, but here's the other amazing thing. So number one, it's very expensive, which blew my mind. Um, it's like $50 to get in on Saturday. What? Just to get in on Saturday.
2: Yeah. This is blowing my mind. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. It's a multiple-day show. <laughs> so, I, so it starts off I, on Thursday. I, you, I can't wait for the update or for the, the, the report because I, I have no – my mind can't wrap around how this works. So
3: on Thursday, they have a meet in the hotel lobby for carpooling and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, 4PS uh, <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame rock-on-TV exhibit, uh, how rock and roll infiltrated Saturday morning cartoons. Then on Friday, the actual convention kind of starts. It's, uh, staff and volunteer meeting, registrations open. And at seven o'clock, it's me and my friends are gem girls. It's trivia, meet and greet, fun games and whatnot. Then Saturday is the full on convention with like panels and like from 8 a.m. until 7.30 p.m. Where, where there's a dinner break or dinner break from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. So the show actually ends at 5.30, but then there's a dinner break. And then there's jam all night from 7.30 p.m. to 1 a.m. They're going to have a masquerade, a cosplay pageant, a truly outrageous wedding, karaoke, disco, and a disco going on. And then Sunday, it starts at 8 a.m. AM again, and it goes until uh, 5 p.m. And then there's a 7 p.m. Gemcon after party at Crocker Park, which is right by there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm looking
1: at the webpage. This is astounding. Yeah, it's amazing.
2: <laughs> this wow. blows my mind.
1: Yes. So but here's here's one of the reasons I really
3: would like to go. I mean, I honestly would like to go to this thing. Because number one, they're gonna have Samantha Newark, who I am gonna get on the show uh, thanks Yeah. to you. Uh, the
2: the the voice actress too. for Jim. Yes, right? the voice
3: actress for Jim. They're also gonna have Sophie Campbell there, who is the Gem IDW uh comic book artist. She, right. She did the series. Christy Marks is gonna be there, who did the was the animated series creator, and she also did some G.I. Joe cartoons and stuff. Cool. Uh then you also have Keith Tucker, and his list is ridiculous. He was a storyboard artist for Gem, but he was also a storyboard artist for G.I. Joe, uh Spider-Man is Amazing Friends, like Basically, name an '80s cartoon, and he did a storyboard for it at one time or another. Oh, that's cool! So I was like, okay, there's four people there I would actually like to meet.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, look at that! Jeez. So, and who, who, who? I mean, it's a perfect opportunity to get your your gem box set with the right. leather cover and all get that sign yeah. yeah,
3: absolutely. I, ha- I do have the Trapper Keeper designed uh, uh, hardcover from IDW, so I will
2: that's get- pretty cool, man. I will get
3: that, I will get that signed. Um, yeah, <laughs> I am, g- am going to try to get press pass for it, but if I can't, I might still go anyways,
1: even though yeah, be- you know the the artist is a, the she's a virtual guest. I don't think she's actually going to be there.
3: Oh, uh, okay. Is she a virtual guest? Okay. So it
1: says virtual guest. I don't know. Okay. Or making her virtual debut appearance. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did see that now. Um.
2: Hmm. I wonder how that works. Yeah, Maybe during a panel she did Skype in or something.
3: Yeah, that could be what it is. But at least the other ones will be there. Um. But yeah. yeah, I was I was blown away. I was like, "Wow, I didn't know that Gem was that big of a following." But I guess a lot of people wouldn't know that G.I. Joe still had a big
2: following, so. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's really interesting. Yeah.
3: But it blew my I mean, mind when I saw it was going on since 2005. I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah,
2: that that amazes me. That really, to be honest, that does amaze me. I mean, it's kind of one of those things. Like if you're not aware of like the following that like My Little Pony has or something yeah. like that, like yeah. you, you might be as uh, surprised. But I just, yeah, but there's newer product for that kind of stuff. Right? Like, there's not. Yeah. There's nothing. Well, I guess for there gem. was like a, a a poorly made gem movie, right? Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I did try watching it. I couldn't get through it. But you could say the same thing about GI Joe and
3: yeah. all that. But yeah, no, the GI Joe movies are masterpieces compared to uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Gem movie. Well, um, but yeah, yeah so, so Joe Con. Back to Joe Con. <laughs> Oh, well, so uh,
2: so there was kind of like leading up to Joe Con. I I wasn't sure if I was going to go, and I was like, "Oh, cool. Well, of course I got to go. It's the last one. It's within driving distance. I should, you know." I should go, and um, and I'm really glad I did. Uh, but because I kind of waited, I was kind of hemming and hawing about it. Uh, at first, to be honest, I kind of reached out to Fun Publications and been like, "Hey, I'm interested in going. Is there a way to kind of get um to get in on your guest list?" And they're like, "No." And I was like, "All right." <laughs> so, um, Joe, so I I paid my for my table just like anybody else. Right. And um. And so I had to kind of figure out where I was going to stay. And I I had some really um, – I had met some people at the Joe Fest, which was a new comic convention. I do want to talk about that in a bit. Okay. Um, in Augusta, Georgia. And I had met uh, some of the guys up there and uh, a guy named David White, who's uh, a really nice guy. And uh, I, I got to know him at that convention. And he lives relatively close to Chattanooga, offered to let me stay with him. and uh, But I got to thinking about it and I was like he lives about 45 minutes away from the show – I was like, man, uh, just to the drive there and back, that could save me an hour and a half a day. That's about a commission I could do. You know, I was just like, everything yeah. is not based in intervals of how many sketches I could get done is how my yeah. mind starts working and at a commission. And, um, so I had on Facebook, I kind of worked out an opportunity with, uh, uh Jason Sobel, uh, <laughs> who's another artist who's worked for Lucasfilm and other people. Um, he had done, uh, uh, some stuff with uh, with the Joe property. He was like, hey, do you want a room together? And I was like, yeah, sure. So we were going to stay at like, – it was either like a Super 8 or a Days Inn, just something relatively close because the, the Marriott that the convention center is linked to is all booked up. And so I got there. At the end of the show, first day I got there, I got there a bit late and um, met up with him afterwards. He goes, hey, so I guess there was a bit of a miscommunication because he was looking to get one more person to kind of share the room.
0: Yeah,
2: And um, – the person that he had worked out the share of the room with, he goes, okay, so I think there was a miscommunication. I thought that one person was going to join us for a room, but when I started talking to him, it turns out that like he was allowing us to stay with him, and there's already like three other guys in the room.
0: Okay.
2: And I was like, whoa, <laughs> what? In like a a days, like a you know, super eight, you've got like already, you've got four guys in this room. And he's like, yeah, you know, if you're up for it, it'd be super cheap, but we'd we'd probably have to have somebody on the floor or something. I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I think my days of like cramming into a hotel room with five dudes is over. Oh, mine mine
3: are not. (laughs) We're already planning <laughs> out. We're already planning out Baltimore, and I'm like, okay, I think we've got already four people going, maybe, and we might well, squeeze a fifth. So
2: <laughs> the, the caveat to that is it depends on those four dudes. Yeah, like these, <laughs> these are well, these
3: are guys I know, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so 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 far, just to announce for people out there, so far, uh, I think John's going for sure. I don't know if he's going to need a room with us or not, but uh, John John usually stays with me. That's what I figured. Um, and, and Andre might be
1: staying with us this time too. Gotcha. So.
3: So I've got um, Rock is going to be with me, uh, and then Chuck, <clears throat> Chuck is going to try to go, but he's planning out a wedding. So uh, his his wedding. For those that don't know. Um, oh, cool. So he said, you know, he's trying to save money for that, but he says he'd still like to go. Um, I did get him a press pass already. Uh, Travis is definitely going. Uh, <laughs> well, if he doesn't go, I'll take the press pass. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, you are, I, you gotta get in line. <laughs>
2: <laughs> have we have one. too many hosts on this show i already got <laughs> someone claim
3: uh <laughs> if chuck doesn't uh but then we've got um nick may or may not go so it's one of those things like no we, we might have four people we might have three we could end up with five so i don't know what's going to happen uh robert you're always welcome i don't know if you're if that was one of your stops this year or not but uh you know if, if it is you're, you're welcome to uh, the room and I promise you'll have a bed because I've always volu- <laughs> I've always volunteered to sleep on the floor if we get enough people. So,
2: um, but yeah. Um, well, so yeah, I gotta, I gotta double check dates. Would, I'd love to, if I can definitely make it up. There. It's end of September is when it is. So, Oh, okay. I
3: might
1: be able to do that one. Yeah. It's like um, you know, September 28th or something. Yeah, like yeah. Okay.
2: Um, yeah. So I, so I told, I was like, Jason, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to pass because I don't even know these guys. Right. And, um, and I mean, for me, because I, when I, at a, like I said, at a commission, I'm working and typically, uh, I like to get out of the show floor where it's all just busy and noise and stuff. And then, uh, you know, at the hotel room, uh, to start working and I'm working late into the night. So I'm always like wary of, you know, who else is in the room? Are they going to be upset if there's a light on or any of that? Right. So, um, So then I went ahead and went over to, uh, Joe Colton, who's like, uh, you know, cosplayer with the finest. She's awesome. And I've known her for years now. Um, and I was like, Hey, I know this is a bit weird and last minute, but do you know of anybody who has a little bit of space in the room, uh, that's close, close ish to the convention center that I could crash with? I wouldn't mind me crashing with them." Um, and she's like, uh, maybe let me go ask. So, so I'm just kind of chilling out. um, and uh so so Joe, she brought her mom uh down to the show with her, who kinda I think flew down or no, she took a a bus or something from Toronto oh, wow. <laughs> down to Chattanooga. And the whole time it was so funny, if you look at her like uh Instagram or Facebook, they're all talking about how her and her mom, who's Greek, is like they just call her like the little immigrant. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> As they take her around Chattanooga and stuff. And she was sweet. So as, as, uh, she was going around asking for me, like, if there's maybe any space where, Hey, do you mind if you let Robert Atkins crash in your room and draw all night? And, um, I'm just chatting with her mom. You know? yeah. <laughs> and so she, uh, comes back and she's like, yeah, as it turns out, um, there might be some space. So it'd be at the Westin. Um, and, uh, so we've got two people in the room already uh it was actually just gonna be one person in the room and another guy kind of joined in last night and then you you'd be a third i was like oh great so she's like here uh so this is who you're gonna room with and then calls her over and it's this lady named heather Mm -hmm. um who was incredibly sweet and she was like yeah so i guess you're just gonna stay in my hotel room tonight i was like what (laughs) (laughs) she's like well if you're cool with that and i was like I guess if you're sure. cool with that, yeah. like
1: all r- I'm right. I'm gonna add, I'm gonna add here that I actually know Heather quite well.
2: I know she's, yeah, she's
1: so. also 501st. So. Uh, okay. She's out of Northern Virginia, so it's I know her, so, I know her and her husband quite yeah. well.
2: So I had not you know so I had no idea of what was going on. So I was like, all right, well I'll just meet up with you in the Western lobby, uh, so I can get a key, and I'll just probably be up in the room to start working or drawing or whatever. I'll figure out something. And she was kind of asking, like, are you going to do the dinner stuff, all the planned activities that come with the joke on? I was like, no, I'm basically just going to be drawing. So I got the key from her. Everybody kind of, kind of her and uh, uh, the other guy who's staying with us named John, um, who's also in the finest, uh, you know, I think, you know, Heather and John had just met like the day before. And then I had just met them like, <laughs> right then. So it was like three complete strangers, like all crashing in a hotel room together. Um, and they got like a rollaway bed, which is great. There was a nice couch there. It wasn't like a suite so much, but there was like a full on couch and, and the bed. So, yeah. um, so everybody had a, a very, very separate place to sleep. That's how it all worked out. Um, but so we all kind of got settled. They all left to go do their joke Con stuff and I sat down and got ready to work. So I had got in the room, like from the moment I found out I had a place to sleep, I got in the room. And within about forty minutes, I get a text from Eric, and he's all like, "So I hear you're totally sleeping in a room with uh, this lady." And I was like, <laughs> "What?" I was like, I, "Word travels fast." And oh my gosh, how did you know about this?
1: Well, the her husband Brad, um, he, he, he we, we we call each other Joe Bros, um, because we both like. I think John knows them both really well too. Yeah. Um, but he's also the same thing. They're both five, they're 501st out of the Virginia Garrison, but they're also huge Joe fans. And that's how Brad and I really connected was my Joe sketchbook uh, at one of
2: the oh, Richmond
1: yeah. shows uh, one day. So, I mean, now several years later, I'm like, because they really don't, I mean, Northern Virginia from here is not far. Um, right. But Brad shoots me a text and goes, dude, Atkins is, is staying in the hotel room with with Heather. And I'm like, I didn't even know Joe, I didn't even know Robert was going to Joe Con. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Like, and and I'm just, he was, it was making me laugh because he was so jealous of the fact that he's like, I don't get to hang out with him. You know, I don't get to hang out with Robert, like, you know, but my wife gets to hang out with Robert. And then he calls you the, the Mark Hamill of of uh yes. Joe Comics uh, people. Oh, man. Okay? I don't <laughs> that's, that's, like, uh, <laughs>
3: Well, and that's the funny thing, too, because how he was reacting, I think, is how Chuck and I reacted the first time Robert appeared on the forums. It was like, hey, my name is Robert Atkins. I listened to the show. You guys talk about my book and stuff. And we were both, like, little schoolgirls calling each other, like, holy crap, it was Robert Atkins. Now it's like, yeah, it's Robert. But, yeah
2: you had a peek behind the curtain and i'm just uh, like a loser yeah
3: no no no, no. <laughs> you're you're a good guy but now now you're a friend and i'm just like yeah, yeah uh, i can just
2: yeah it's robert it's my friend Robert. Yeah. no it's, it's just different yeah which is really funny because i guess when uh <laughs> i hope this isn't too much information i don't know ryan no. you can cut this out if you want to cut no, it you're out fine. but in general um because I guess this John, who, again, is a perfectly nice guy uh, who we stay into, and uh, so he needed a place to crash, because similarly, like, room stuff always falls apart last minute. And Heather's like, well, yeah, he's like, there's room in my room if you want to crash on the couch or whatever, and if you're comfortable with that. And he's like, no, I just need a place to stay, thanks. And he's, and he's married, and he's a nice guy, all that kind of stuff. So then Heather, I guess, had talked to her husband and was like, yeah, so there's a guy, just so you know, there's a guy staying in my room and he's married. He's nice. And, and her husband was like, what? What's going on? Like, <laughs> Joe Khan and some other dudes staying in your hotel room. And she's like, no, but trust me, he's a nice guy. He's he's married. He's, he's hardly in the room. He just came in, slept, left, all this kind of stuff. And then so it was kind of like, not that there was any point of contention or anything, but sure. she just had to explain it, right? Yeah. The next night she calls him and says, hey, so Robert Atkins is staying in the room. And he's like, what? Oh, man, I wish I could be there. I'm so jealous of you. Why can't I? Oh, man, you're so lucky. I can't imagine, like, you get Robert Atkins to sleep in your room with you. That's so nice. I can't believe it. <laughs> I feel bad for John. He didn't get that treatment. It <laughs> was, like, was like, who's this guy? What the heck? You know, but, well, and
3: that's, like, too, like, and granted, I'm not, like, good friends with him, but I know him well enough that it's, to me, it's not a huge deal. But that's, like, Tom King's blowing up right now, and it's in – Oh, yeah, he's yeah. He's like, I'm a talk show host and every talk shows and everything else and I'm just like yeah but that's Tom Tom Tom's a Tom the knuckle like yeah yeah like I met him five years ago when he couldn't he was trying to sell his book at uh, Baltimore con his uh once crowded sky and stuff like that and yeah he barely get anyone to talk to him now everyone's like now there's a line out the door for him and I'm like hey Tom how's what's what's going like it's just one of those things like you said it's like yeah it's every you know, once you know somebody, it's like, yeah, that that's just who they are and no matter how bright right. they get. So
1: <laughs> Well one of the funny things about Heather, uh, Robert, is that she's uh, one of the cosplays she does is Baroness. And oh, she yeah. is she is one of Larry's favorites. Oh, right. So like every like John's got stories that like you need to you need to ask John about some of those. Wherever.
2: Oh man, that's great. So it's
1: <laughs> it's so funny the weird ass like connection with You know, here you are, just randomly staying in a person's room, and it's somebody I know pretty well. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny.
2: I I know it just blew my mind. It was like not even an hour went by, and Eric's all like, (laughs) "So," and I'm like, "How? What in the world?" Because I had no idea you guys knew each other, and I'm like, "Dang, world word travels, right? Right. (laughs) I, I just got here."
3: It's amazing, it's like with the just in the community though too, because that word does spread really fast. Because it's like everybody does know everybody
2: else. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's a tight community for yeah. you know. So uh, anyway, it's just anyway. So the whole experience was awesome. It was very kind of them to let me stay, and we ended up working out a, um, uh, a a great deal. Basically, in exchange for letting me stay in the room, I was more than happy to kind of pay for my space to be there. But she was like, "Well, I was wanting to get." Art from you anyway for my husband, so we were able to work out a great trade. Oh! And so
1: Brad will be happy.
2: Yeah, so I got to <laughs> crash in the room, and she went home with six GI Joe pages. Nice.
1: So it was pretty sweet. Nice. Yeah, they know they know Robert pretty well too, so, or not Robert, uh, Shannon. You are Robert. I know. Yeah, <laughs> no, they
2: they mentioned that quite a bit. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. It's yeah. like it was it was. I uh, know they sound just
1: alike, but that yeah, this is Robert no, no, no. Tonight, I so <laughs> I, I've done that. I've I've made the mistake. It I think awesome. Con this year, calling Shannon Robert okay. to his face, <laughs> <laughs> and I was That's so great. embarrassed. I was like, "Oh my God, I don't know what happened there." That's hilarious. And he's like, "Oh, I see how it is." Yeah, I was gonna say,
2: "There's no way he's gonna let that slide." No, there's never, no never.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I am so, so
3: calling. I am so calling Shannon Robert at Baltimore Con this year.
2: Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, I'm, I'm just, it'd be like me calling him Sauce Boss. Like, right, it's just, uh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: so then, uh, y'all said Joe Fest? Uh,
2: okay. Yeah. So, uh, last, let's see. I got here in January in the Georgia area in January and, uh, uh, a, a good friend now his, his name is Ed, uh, Schumacher. He, um, lives in Augusta, Georgia and he wanted to start a, just a one day toy show. Cause there's nothing going on in Augusta. It's like between here and Atlanta, like halfway. And, uh, he's just big GI Joe fan. You know, he, there's a, there's actually a big kind of Southeast GI Joe community going on. And, uh, so he kind of wanted to do, uh, so it's called like the Augusta toy and comic show, but he also kind of labeled it Joe fest mm-hmm. as a way to kind of market to both crowds, you know, so people didn't think it was just exclusively Joe, but also those who are into GI Joe products kind of had a, another little small regional show to, to uh, go to sure so he reached out pretty early on he's like hey i heard you just moved down to savannah would you be willing to I'm like we're in augusta we're just two hours away from you you know, would you mind coming out and being a guest at our one day show and i was like yeah man and so we started talking online and he was like well this is the, man, this is the first time i'm running it and he's like i'm kind of nervous i hope it goes well but i don't he goes, i'm not really sure and he's like do you mind if i ask you know, some advice about this or that. And we ended up just starting to create like a almost daily dialogue about conventions, what to possibly do, what I've seen work well at shows and, and stuff. Then and, and you uh, have no experience in that whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've been doing shows professionally for 15, 16 years now. Right, right. And, And I just happen to have a sister whose full-time job is like marketing
3: and I was going to say, you also have a little bit of a connection with somebody (laughs) who knows how to run them also.
2: I know exactly. I mean, she's, she's worked in every, absolutely every facet of putting together a convention. So, um, so we started talking with him and got an idea of kind of what his goals were. I, you know, was uh, happy to. I did an illustration for the program book and for a show print that they could sell, just trying to help it be successful in any way that I could. And, um, so we went and did it. We, it was just, like I said, it was just a one day show. And so we had just kind of like rented out uh, one of the ballrooms at a, a local, you know, uh, hotel. Right. Yeah. Um, and he had sold out of the exhibit space within three days of announcing that he was going to do it. Oh, wow. And, uh, and everybody kept like wanting in, like every once in a while somebody might have to cancel and it was immediately filled, kind of thing. Like, so there was a need there. We were excited about that. Yeah. We got there and he had sold, I believe, 1200. Uh, we had 1200 attendees on one day in a small hotel ballroom. Wow. So 1,200 people coming through the door. We had exhibitors who worked out to deal with the hotel and Ed who didn't, weren't, we didn't have room for them to set up inside the ballroom. So they were just setting up like on the lawn of the hotel out front. Um, so that it it was just like this overflow of convention, which was really awesome. And Ed was like, look, you, you're more than welcome to come and set up. The hotel's cool with it. You don't have to pay anything to be an exhibitor if you're outside. And we did everything we could to help traffic flow out there just so people were aware. Sure. And, uh, it was awesome. We had, you know, cosplay contests and quick draw sketch contests where me and Brian Shearer and Jason Sobel, who I just mentioned, were judges. Um, uh, and it was, it was just really fun. man. it was so well done. So well put together a nice solid day. Uh, we came in the day, the night before and, um, and I, you know, just as far as the show went. Oh, and then what was really, um, Awesome and cool was also because uh, Ed and, and a number of other guys run the GI Joe Rec Room uh, discussion forums on Facebook. So it's a a, a private group, but you just kind of ask to join, they'll they'll, they'll drop you in. Um, but it's uh, it's great. There's great discussion there. There's also buying and selling and trading uh, merchandise or toys or whatever on the forums. And so they run that. They also run a GI Joe Fan Hall of Fame. And this last year, so they put out a a series of nominees and a kind of a, a a way to kind of vote balloting system. And uh, me and uh, I think a few others uh, were all inducted into their kind of G. I. Joe hall of fame this last year. So we uh, at the show at the very end of the show, the last panel, they kind of present a um, it's a golden Duke action figure you know an yeah. old gi joe yeah. that is spray you know sprayed in custom painted gold so uh as a you know bit of a award it's a golden duke nice <laughs> and it's kind of put on this little uh i was like oh i've got the perfect pedestal to put this little golden duke on and I might put it in my bathroom or something. I was gonna I say
3: that's where, that's where a Golden Duke should go. <laughs> I know. No, it's and that's, really not, a, that's that. not a that's not a slight on Duke. That's just
2: <laughs> I know, it's, yeah, yeah, it's the name. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, so that was really sweet of them, but the show was ran really well, and uh, we just had lots of good feedback. A lot of people had a good time, and so next year we've already got dates set up. It, it's going to be in June twentieth and twenty first. Uh, I believe are the dates, but it's uh, so it'll be set up the week after Heroes Con um, in Augusta again. And so it's already built up to a two day show. He um, uh, quadrupled the space for the oh, show, wow. the space we would have. And he's already sold out of exhibitors again. Wow. So uh, within a week of announcing it. That's awesome. So um, it's all through the Joe Con. What I heard, the background conversations were, oh my gosh, did you go to a Joe Fest? No, I didn't make it, man. I heard it was awesome. I know I want to go next year and I'm going to do this and this and this. So, uh, a lot of people, I was sitting next to Larry. They would come up and no, hardly anybody knows my involvement at all, which is totally fine. Uh, yeah. with, with Joe Fest and, I, and that's probably good to keep it that way, but just in general, um, they would come up and say, Larry, are you are you going to Joe Fest next year? That would be awesome if you can make it down. And Larry it, Larry doesn't know I'm involved either. So I'm just overhearing this conversation thinking it's kind of funny. Yeah. Knowing all the backstory. And he was like, Well, you know, if uh if he was like, Well, I did talk to the manager this morning, so I think I'll be able to make it down, but they didn't invite me to the last one. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> like, and I'm like, Come on, Larry. Like, uh for one thing. Ed, more than anything, had no idea how this was going to go. Right. If he would even make money or just lose his shirt on this show. You know what I mean? He
3: also would have no idea if Larry would even want to do that. And if he did invite Larry, Larry probably would turn it down.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, it's just like you're the first time show in a hotel ballroom. You never know how that's going to go. So now he's got some uh, credentials saying, like, we ran the show. There's a lot of people there. So I think actually he's in talks. He's probably going to get Larry to come down. That'd be great. This is this is awesome. Uh, so I've been working with Ed and through, um, I think through Twitter, but he's going to get, uh, the guy who's the voice of storm shadow and the St- sunboat cartoons to come down as a guest. Nice. So we're excited about that. That'd be really cool. Um, yeah, so it should, it's going to be a two day show, uh, much, much bigger space, uh, convention center type space as opposed to like hotel ballroom type space.
0: Yeah.
2: And, uh, so I, the way it's projected, um, first he was thinking it would just be one day, but then as soon as he saw how quickly the things sold out, and as soon as we heard all the buzz running through JoeCon, uh, he's going to extend it to two days. And uh, uh, so anyway, so we're awesome. we're excited with with the potential there. Now I think ultimately, if it gets any bigger, it'll be tough to keep it in Augusta because Augusta is you know like a maybe a hundred thousand people live there. I don't know the exact numbers, but it's kind of, it's kind of like size of Springfield where I moved from. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to fly into there. You, I don't know that they have an airport, so you got to fly into somewhere else to drive. So I'm guessing we would most likely move it to Columbia, South Carolina. Okay. Um, there'd be much easier to get guests in. We'll move it to a three day show, like a Friday evening, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. And, um, so ultimately this whole long story about Joe fest, uh, is just to say, I think with Joe Con officially going away, that what will fill that gap is regional. Uh, well, not just Joe Fest, but yeah. because, but I think regional GI Joe convention. Yeah. Um, because there's Coil Con in Iowa. There's right. uh the convention in Kokomo, Indiana, which yeah. is also very good with Kokomo Toys. Yeah. Uh, as I'm pretty sure there's one in Dallas, Fort Worth area. Yeah, I think we've got that. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've got one building, you know, now in the Southeast area. So okay. I'm sure there's even more, but, um, I think that's going to be the, instead of it being one big kind of mecca kind of traveling show, it'll okay. be more, which, which was definitely driven by the subscription service figures. Oh, stuff. sure. Um, you go to these smaller shows and people are way excited about doing custom, um, Exclusive figures for yeah. shows. Like at, at our Joe Fest, we had a Cold art tan. Yeah. That was like I did the artwork for the backing. He made the packages. They they came out really nice. And then there was also like a Billy, like a, a Air Chicago nice. uh, Billy from the comics. Nice. So and really well done. Like uh, I'll actually I've got one right here next to my desk. Somebody sent me to to sign. I'll take a picture of it and show it to you. But it's like, I mean. This would look like anything hanging on the shelves. It's, it's amazing how well this was put together. That's awesome. So, yeah. anyway, so long, long story. That was definitely long. It was, uh, <laughs> long story, long. Uh. Yeah, it was definitely not short. But overall, Joe Con uh, Joe was awesome. Um, it's sad that it's going away, but I definitely think that it's not like the fandom goes away. No. Like There'll be something to fill the gap, and it'll be these more regional shows. I think overall. And I'm, I'm hoping,
3: beyond hope that. Um, because I know IDW is um, – they kind of have stopped all of the Hasbro comics other than Transformers, and that one's about to end, Um, and then they're going to relaunch Transformers, and my hope is that they'll relaunch Transformers with a new continuity, and then at some point shortly after that, relaunch G.I. Joe with a new continuity. Um, that's my hope at least. I don't know if that's what will happen, but uh, yeah. Uh, and have more of an idea in mind of where they want to go. So if they wanted to have a shared universe, um, mm-hmm. then start right from the beginning with a shared universe, or you know, have that built into it right from the beginning, because it it wasn't built into it at the begin- you know when IDW started doing GI Joe and started doing Transformers, um, and I think that's what kind of made it a mess. But it would be nice to have something. Out there that still keep, I mean, the fandom's gonna be alive regardless, but if you can get something out there again that at least gives, at least gives the fandom something new, uh, that would be cool. And right now, the only thing I can imagine that they would do new it would be the, um, would be the comic. Cause I, I don't foresee a, um, cartoon. And I know they're working on the movie, but I don't know when and if yeah. it'll ever happen, so. Oh, that custom looks awesome! I
2: know. It's, yeah, no. I mean, like I said, it's like carded and it's you yeah. know they wrote up the bio. It's um, it's amazing yeah. to me. Um, and all of those figures across the back of it, there was five exclusives: the Billy with two variants, but yeah. but three other exclusives. Yeah. Um, and there was actually a few more too because we had people who came down as uh, uh cosplayers and uh, somebody made um. One of them was made as a three and three quarter inch. And then, uh, I think that, uh, you know, Joe Colton there was made as a, a 12 inch, like old school G.I. Joe. Nice. Um, which is just, I mean, awesome. You're making customs of the, the people there as cosplayers and the bio is like the cosplayer on the back. Like,
3: yeah, that's pretty awesome. That is awesome.
2: So, anyway, yeah, it's a, I think it's really kind of, and, th- and this isn't unique to this show. Like, there, when I would go out and do, you know, rollout roll call in the UK, um, and other Joe-specific shows, like, people are making these customs that just blow my mind. Yeah. They're so well done.
3: And for the listeners out there, I I, I saved the images. So once this episode goes out, I'll uh, post them either on the Facebook group or I might even make it part of the image uh, on the website or something like that so you guys will be able to see them as well. So.
2: Yeah, and if, if anybody's interested in those, I believe there are just a few left. Um, uh, so, yeah, so if anybody is interested, then we can get our hands on a couple. Cool, so. cool.
3: Um So let's talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with Star Wars before we say goodbye to you, Robert. Um, yeah. Because there's a lot, to your point earlier, Eric, there before we started recording, there's a lot of mess going on right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, Lucasfilm seems to be a bit of a... uh confusing bundle at the moment <laughs> yeah
3: now i will say i read an article and and eric you i know you're up on a lot of this stuff so you can correct me if i'm wrong if the or if the article is wrong basically from what the article i read said when you really look at everything disney has not officially come out and said anything about any other movie other than there was going to be episode nine coming out and a new trilogy Coming out, they have never officially announced that there was a Boba Fett movie coming. They've never officially announced a Obi Wan movie. They've never officially announced like anything else other than Episode Nine and a new trilogy was coming
1: out. And uh, some TV stuff too, like yeah, uh, yeah
3: TV
0: stuff.
1: Uh, what's his name? The guy did the, the Jungle Book and yes. the first two Iron Man movies has got something yeah. going on with TV. Yeah. Uh, but the that's the one thing that always kind of annoys me about fandom and just in general and not Star Wars specific is like somebody will put up a, an article about James Mangold supposedly doing the a Boba Fett movie. Right. And then all these other sites pick up on it, but yet everything links back to that initial article. Like nobody else has got additional information. Right. So in and, reality, and all, everyone's regurgitating right. one point.
3: Right. And for all you know, Mangold may have said something in an interview that said, Oh yeah, I'd lo- if I could, do a movie I would do a Boba Fett movie or he never said anything. And someone just speculated because they heard his name rumored or something like that. And then like you said, next thing you know, it catches wildfire and it's going all around. So
1: yeah, there was recently one of the fat man on Batman that Kevin Smith did. He had uh Oh crap. Who were the two guys? They were somehow involved with a lot of the Marvel movies. Okay. Um, and, uh, I can't remember their names, but they, they got asked a question by, I think a fan in the crowd, um, during the Q and A section, he usually does at the end of the podcast about, you know, what would you do to fix the DC movie universe? Uh-huh. And they just kind of said, well, you know, I think we would. If it was me, I would kind of do this. And then all of a sudden, it blew up all over the internet about these guys are saying this. And it's just like, no, 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 no. They got asked a question. They just answered it from their right. perspective point of view. There's nothing else to this. People, right? Right. Uh, but like the stuff that's going on with Lucasfilm is. Lucasfilm has said over and over again, I think more so coming out of Kathleen Kennedy, that with the sequel trilogies eight, nine, or seven, eight, and nine, they never had an overarching uh, story. They, they, they didn't have like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna give you some leeway to do things with your individual movie, but there's no like, the characters are gonna start here and they need to end it's here. Here, right? And there's none of that. They've just kind of let. You know, they let JJ go with episode seven and then Ryan Johnson wrote episode eight before you know he had talked to JJ, he had seen the scripts, but he wrote the movie. He episode eight was written before episode seven ever hit screens. He never saw the finished episode seven before he finished writing that script. Right. Um and hopefully at least with JJ coming back for nine you know maybe now he can go okay well this is what i would have done and it can lead stuff in that direction because he started the beginning of that right but then you've also had the um the talk about Kathleen Kennedy maybe leaving Lucasfilm so it's like is she is she not like right and then if she does who's going to take over and how's that going to work and there's just all this stuff and then there was all the crap with uh the the Kelly Marie Tran leaving Instagram thing. Yeah, the thing about that is though, like fandom latched onto that, and no one actually knows why she left Instagram. Right, she hasn't said it for any reason. None of her people have come out and said anything. Nobody knows why she actually left. It's like, yes, a lot of people did some really nasty, mean stuff to her.
2: Yeah. Okay, and a- just to no clarify it too, this is Rose on the. Yeah, Rose from the last Rose, Jedi. Jedi. Yeah,
1: nobody knows really why she left, and does the fandom have a, you know the, the toxic masculinity fandom that everyone wanted to throw all Star Wars fans into play a part into that? Probably. Yeah. But I don't know, and it's all this like, like I started getting really mad with that oh, all Star Wars fans are terrible, toxic, masculinity, blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, 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 no. No. F you. Yeah. Because that's not me, and that is not anybody I actually know. Yeah. Nobody, like, you may dislike, I mean, like, I, well, The Last I, Jedi is a very divisive movie. It me. absolutely is. And, and, and I, I know a s- lot of people that hate that movie, but they don't go at, they're not, yes. they're not blaming the actors. Right. And we've
3: had people in the community, there's people on um, on our Facebook group, that absolutely hate it, but they don't get nasty with people that liked it. They're just like, yeah, for me it was atrocious. Now the ones that blow my mind, and I and and I know that these are probably leaning more towards the toxic people, is the ones that say, well, the Last Jedi was the worst movie ever made, not worst Star Wars movie ever made, worst movie ever made. And I'm
1: like, that's a bit, you're.
2: Really it's just ext- hyperbole. You yeah. Know, it's
1: just- You're really yeah. extreme right now. <laughs> it's because it's, it's very easy to do that, to yeah. just go off on these crazy ass tangents. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, you know, first off, who, what it, are you lighting off just because, you know, do you honestly want to let steam out? Or are you doing it because you think it's cool? You want to be, you know, like what, what purpose does saying that like, you know, these, this movie is the worst movie ever. Okay, maybe that is your legit opinion, but I'm willing to bet most people just, you know, just they may not like it. That's fine. Yeah. And and my opinion has definitely shifted more to the negative on it as time has gone on. But it's still whatever I think of Last Jedi. That movie is a very heavy, dense movie oh, to it's very digest. Nasty. Yeah. And it definitely departs from a lot of things of what we think of as Star Wars, and but there's no purpose to just being these like flaming all oh, fandom blah blah blah. Yeah, shush. Well, just I get I get chill out Five
3: minutes. Yeah, I get tired of that when it comes to anything. Like I don't like blanket statements about any groups anywhere. You know, whenever I hear, and, and not to get too uh, political. political or divisive, but anytime I hear like, well this is what you get with all conservatives, or this is what you get with all, you know, the the horrible white males and stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, I consider myself a conservative guy. That doesn't mean that I all of a sudden support Trump or that I all of a sudden a sexist pig or anything like that. And I, and I'm sorry, but I'm a white male. That doesn't mean that I lump, you should lump me in with like racist assholes that are out there that do stuff. Like so same thing with, like you were saying with Star Wars fans, oh, all Star Wars, look at the Star Wars fans, they're they're nasty and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, wait, I'm not nasty. I, you know, I am what I am. And, or same thing with uh, when I did my video on the stuff that happened with Aubrey Sidderson. Next thing I know, I got lumped in with all of these sexist, alt-right type people, and I basically came out and said what he said wasn't right. But next thing I know, I'm getting blocked by people that think I'm lumped in with
1: all these... People that were going to the extreme when it came to that. And I'm, well, that was, I noticed something yesterday with, I mean, I know you two know, and some people that listen to this probably know the stuff that happened in Annapolis yesterday. Yeah. I literally work, if I stood on top of the the building I work in, I could throw a rock and probably land it in the parking lot of the building that play, that's a place in. It was very close to me. Uh, my, but the guy that owns the company I work for, his daughter, his daughter's Girl Scout troop leader was one of those people killed. It's a very personal thing for me and, yeah. and our company because of how close it took place. Yeah. I literally saw people on Facebook commenting about, like, I'm going to come out and I say it. I hate Trump. I hate him with a passion. Mm-hmm. But I literally saw people within hours of this talking about, oh, this guy's a Trump supporter, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, dude, you know, we don't know shit about this guy. No. You know, no. calm down. You're not helping anything right now. Um and it's just that same thing with autoski, oh, the words that really got me with this, the Star Wars thing was that calling everyone, it was toxic masculinity, it's toxic yeah. masculinity. You know what? Every damn fandom has toxic fans. How about you just call them toxic people? Right. Because you know what? It's not just dudes. No. So, and it just really, really irked me. And it's just like, what, you know, I, it, the, oh, I just my my brain is now in like 16 different places.
3: <laughs> but no, but I know uh, I know what you're talking about. It's just it's just one of those things where it's like yes, there's there's extreme fans that and and I have a hard time calling them fans because I feel like when you get to that level you're no longer a fan of whatever it is, you're you're claiming yeah, a
1: fan. Of. It's it's very frustrating being you know same thing my whole life being I mean we're all the age. I mean Robert I know you're a little bit younger. Um, that geeky nerdy things when i was in high school were not popular right we we spent a lot of time you know hiding in the shadows not telling people these things because we knew we were going to be ridiculed and now that it's popular and it's okay to be all this stuff and stuff's out it doesn't give people the right to act like assholes and call entire groups of people or fandoms one thing when it's you know probably one half of one percent that are the most vocal in the problem. Yeah.
3: Well and then it's funny too because the part that really kills me also when I do see those toxic people is I'm like, to your point as far as when we were kids, it the stuff we liked wasn't the cool stuff. Now it's the cool stuff and it's the popular stuff. But it now granted I didn't face this, but I know a lot of people that did, that you know, there was our the people like us that liked stuff Typically were bullied. They were, and picked on because of the stuff that they liked. Now, these toxic fans are, are being the bullies that they always hated being treated by in the past. Yeah, it's, it's the the nerd
1: on nerd (laughs) violence, as it were.
3: Right. It's (laughs) like, it's like, how, how can you not remember that you hated being treated that way and you're treating other people the exact same way? (laughs) Yeah. Um. But uh, maybe
2: it's like the, the whole psychological, like abused becomes the abuser. Kind yeah. Of like, very much. So. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, especially on, I mean, just the anonymity of the internet and just the, um, you know, it's, uh, there's been all kinds of articles about that as being like a yeah. part of our culture now, but it's just, um, I, in general, yeah, I think this happens across every fan base. You have people who, uh, don't like something or are super vocal about it, especially when there's no consequence to saying whatever they want to say. Yeah. Um, to you know, to a certain limit, but um. Well, I'm sure you
3: faced it with doing some Joe stuff and all, some of the other stuff you've done in the past. I'm sure every once in a while, oh, there's that one yeah. that came through that was just like, "Whoa, dude, where this is fun stuff." Let's.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, not everybody's a fan of my work, and that's fine. Everybody has their own taste, and there was people who you know would would just completely blast me on uh, GI Joe forums and
1: test uh, you know. Stuff. don't ever read the comments on his tank
2: well i mean there was one guy in particular that hated my stuff on his tank and anybody who tried to uh give me any kind of plaudits on you the work i was doing or my passion for the for the property or any of that he would just he couldn't help himself but step in and just uh just make a big scene and it was uh i want to apologize now robert for all that (laughs) <laughs> I know, I know. I thought that was your, you know, your synonym, you know, your alias, but uh, I wasn't going to say anything. It was like, I think it was like, uh, outrageous gym fan 79. Was that you? Or <laughs> 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 no, it was. Yeah. So in general, it's just every, yeah, you're never going to please everybody. And the ones who aren't happy are the most vocal, but it, it, there is a line where it just becomes abusive and it, and it's just, yeah, I you know I question that when you say I don't even know if we call them fans anymore. Yeah. You can't take away their passion for what got them into it, but at the same time, when you're being so destructive to a property and a fan base that you claim to love so much, like what good is that doing to anybody? Where's the reward? I don't understand because I, I don't think our minds work this way. I don't understand you know the the benefit. Like, what do they benefit by being so negative? Well, and then- they're not going to change policy they're not going to change people's minds they're just being cool or yeah
3: well and uh, to your point uh, like i'm i mean i'm obviously a fan of all the all the stuff we cover on the show i have been very vocal and do, do not like the transformers movies and mm-hmm. uh, i don't don't care for them i even the first one i'm like there's a lot of it i don't like about the first one it's probably the best one out of all four or five of them or what however many they've done so far um but they're atrocious. At the same time, I recognize that the success of those movies have allowed other things that I do like to come out.
2: <laughs> right.
3: Like some of the toys that have come out based on the G1 stuff. Some of the comics that have come out and everything
1: else are because of how successful those movies yeah. were.
2: Yeah, like the movie Battleship and all the other Greet movies.
1: <laughs> oh. <Right. laughs> oh, that movie was so bad. <laughs> but it, it is kind of interesting seeing how fractured Star Wars fandom seems to be yeah. it to an extent because you still have the people who have just never been able to get over that uh, the old, e, you know, the legends yeah. now oh, yeah. isn't yeah. canon. And it's like, guys, it never was canon. No, That's the was. problem. Yeah. you know, and, and, uh, and they'll argue with you about
3: that. They'll be like, oh no, George God. Lucas said this. And I'm like, no, no
1: he didn't. <laughs> Lucas always said that that was a second level and never. Right. You know Lucasfilm even had a term for all that they had like six levels of canon and yeah. the but it's a it, you know there's so you still have that whole group of people that refuses to accept things and you've got you know people's opinions aside on last Jedi Disney and Lucasfilm cannot allow another movie like Last Jedi to happen right. Meaning something that is so incredibly divisive among the fans, they just can't, they can't do that. They cannot do that again because they will really seriously hurt themselves. And this whole, then the whole discussion about, you know, the news came out about after last, the reaction to Last Jedi and I don't know if I want to call it the bombing of Solo. Um, but it definitely not doing as well as they had expected and hoped. And that news broke about, Oh, well the, we're not, we're putting all the other movies on hold for now, except for episode nine and the Ryan Johnson trilogy. And then it was like, no, we're not actually, or are we, are we not? Like, I don't know what's going on, but it, it kind of, to me, it was, I think I made, I think I may have said something similar to this when we were talking about Rogue one, about when, um, that Disney got so, ex- or Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy got so excited that they could make all this stuff, you know, t- they didn't, you know, the Jurassic Park syndrome, yes. you got so excited that you could, you didn't stop to think if you should. should yeah. <laughs> Which I love and, that line. That's my favorite yeah, line in movies. It, because it, it, it can be equated to a lot of things. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also being the 25th anniversary of the original Jurassic Park movie. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. But, uh, and, and while we're on favorite lines, mine was hold on to your butts. But
1: <laughs> well, <hold on. laughs> That's a good one. But, uh, the, you know, there was so much negativity around the idea of the Han Solo movie, I think, from the start. Yeah. Because, oh, crap, it's Han Solo. Why do we need this? And then I asked the same question about, like, I mean, I will admit, I was just kind of like, okay, whatever. I'll see it, but I don't care. Um, but the, I like the idea. If they're going to do these solo, no pun intended, solo <laughs> standalone type movies, I think what they need to do is they need to get away from the main – you know, the characters that people know. I agree. You know, Rogue One was great, and I think they nailed it. Um, you know, Solo – I like Solo, but it's also – it's so hard for so many people to – which I think is ridiculous that people can't just accept the fact that somebody other than Harrison Ford yeah. was Han Solo, and eventually they're going to have to suck it up and deal with that with Indiana Jones at some point too. Yeah. You know, use the... Um The James Bond experience, you know? Yeah, Every Every guy that's played Bond has brought something different to the character, some better, some not. And I will say,
3: and and this doesn't spoil anything for Robert, but I will say I thought Alden Ehrenreich did a pretty damn good job. In fact, way better than I thought he was going to from everything I had heard before going into the movie. I had heard, like, oh, you needed an acting coach and you needed this and that. Uh, Oh, it's mostly focused on the Lando character because Alden Ehrenreich didn't do that well. They didn't want him on camera that often. And like no, the whole movie is about him. It's all about Solo, and he. I thought he did a damn good job overall.
1: Yeah, I, I was perfectly fine with him. I mean, yeah. to me, the movie seemed to be more about Chewbacca than anybody yeah. else, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I
2: think uh, without without seeing that movie, obviously, but I just think um, in general, I agree. I agree with Eric. I think um, there is the Star Wars is such a huge universe, yeah. right? It's just so big. Yeah. And I understand the passion and love for that core group. And I just kind of feel like, um, you know, maybe solo was a misstep as far as the direction to take you know, but they seem to have executed it well from everything I've heard Mm -hmm. and for what it is. Um, and maybe if, hopefully if they take anything from it, it's to just let that main trilogy of characters wrap up their story in this last trilogy and then move on. like, how well would a uh, um, an X-wing squadron movie have oh, done? Fantastic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like oh, it, they yes, they, they would have killed it. They would have it would have been awesome. And yeah, you you could go back and do like a big Darklighter uh, because it's like we've rarely seen him. It's not, we're not nobody's so passionately involved with that portrayal by a certain actor. You could easily go in and do a wedge movie. You could do. You could you could you could base it on the the Empire issue, uh, the Darklighter, whatever it was. You know, um, he he had this great like three issue arc. Or you could go in and do it on wedge. You could go in and do it. I mean, just. That could be a trilogy of movies. I mean, right. if you do one, and it does do well, Porkins. you could expand that. Uh, <laughs>
3: well, and then you could even, and I love the idea of doing what Dark Horse Comics did, which is, and no, I'm not saying go and do these exact stories, like, to your point, Eric, you can leave the legend stuff alone, it's fine, the, for what it was. But, yeah. but I am perfectly fine if you want to go way into the early history of the Jedi, or way into the future that's true, too. And do something like Legacy did. So um, either one would be fine with me. And, and there you have brand new characters, but you can still, like with the Legacy, you can still have it be a Skywalker reveal or a solo you know, character, but it's a descendant of that family. So this way there's still something familiar there. Um, or you can go back to the early days of the Jedi and, and find out how the Jedi come about. You know, you can do something like that. And then you have all new characters, you have a whole new you have it's still in the Star Wars universe it could still have the Star Wars feel, but you have a whole new cast, a whole new all new characters you get to meet, all new creatures you get to meet and and grow to love and everything so
1: well the the other thing I think everyone a lot of people are trying to use oh well they're they're trying to follow the Marvel Marvel Planet but well, we can we can do two or three of these movies a year, and they're all they've all been pretty much good and hits and I'm like I think what people don't seem to realize is that Star Wars has a very distinct like look and feel for the most part, yeah. and every movie that's come out has had to basically capture that feel. Right. With the Marvel movies you can you can do a Thor movie. And, okay, yeah, sure, you know that maybe some characters overlap or whatever, but a Thor movie is not going to feel like an Iron Man movie, and that's not going to feel like a Captain America movie, and that's not going to feel like, you know, I don't know if you did, you know, like a Guardians Guardians of the Galaxy Galaxy, type movie. You can do all these different movies because you've got thousands of characters, people at least… Kind of somewhat no. And they're all over the place in terms of feel and style and look. I
3: was going to say, they were all built on different genres because they all had their own entities where Star Wars was Star Wars and that was it. And I'm fine with them trying some different things. Like I thought Rogue One was a different departure from what we normally think of when we think of Star Wars. But to me, it still worked. Um, I'll say uh, without basically copying what has been done before, which I do think the force awakens was basically a copy of a new hope. Um, even though I loved it, I, it, it was essentially a copy of a new hope. I honestly think the solo movie is the first movie I've seen that felt like a star Wars movie that didn't just
2: copy what was done in the past. Um, so, well, and that's like one of the biggest hurdles with this property that a lot of other properties don't have is the, Being so tied in good, you know, good or bad, but just seeing being so tied to those initial three movies. Yeah. And the just phenomenon of a fan base associated with it that they, they can't deviate too far from what had been done in the past. Um, but if you, um, you know, because when you try something new, you're going to upset that core. That core, very vocal, structural fan base.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but at the same time, you're you're relatively limited, like like Eric was saying, like you're saying, to the types of movies you can do. So yeah, I think there, I think there is enough material. There's enough characters. There's certainly enough potential stories to tell. But it's, um, I think if you're going to deviate from what people know and love is that, that original trilogy, it's got to be done slowly methodically with a plan you yeah. know what i mean and uh well and that's, and I the don't thing,
3: know. that's the thing too i think you need to get them to buy into stuff for a little while first and, and give them the feel and give them the stuff that they know first before you yeah. start deviating away from it and going you know, and and be re- very vocal about it okay now that now that we've kind of shown you guys that we know how to do star wars movies, we're, we're going to try something different with this one
2: so. See, and I think that could have worked if the solo movie had done well. Cause they, they were like, we're going to deviate by doing more character specific right. instead of big arcing, you know, trilogy type movies. Um, the thing is, uh, I think instead it should, they should have gone off of the back of rogue one, even though rogue one was so closely tied into the canon and, and the arc that arc between episodes, you know, uh, three and four. Yeah. yeah three and four that, uh, but they sort of springboarded off that because they're the only recognizable faces in in Rogue One would be like Vader, Leia, and Tarkin, you yeah, know for the right. most part, right right? yeah, so then then you go and do your x- wing movie and your or your Empire movie, where you're focused on the you know like behind the scenes grunt level star stormtroopers you know, yeah. yeah, the troops, yeah. Cause then you, you've already established that you can basically have an entire Star Wars movie with a full cast that isn't returnable, recognizable characters and it do relatively well. Then you go and do an X-Men movie, it blows up. That opens the doors to do anything that isn't like a Skywalker, a solo, uh, you yeah. know, um, related character. But instead they go back to the well and do a solo movie and it doesn't do some, you know, it doesn't perform. You know, then you're kind of back to square one of it. Yeah.
3: Um, so one last thing, Robert, before Eric and I start blowing up everything here. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, getting, I'm trying to get back to when I have other people on besides myself doing the star Wars trivia again. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) So, uh, these ones are, I think relatively easy, but, uh, especially for you, you, Eric. Um, although I think Robert, you'll probably feel they're very easy also. But we'll see. Uh, what did Luke Skywalker lose in his battle with Darth Vader and be specific? <laughs> his right hand. Yeah, I guess,
2: yeah, guess it was right hand.
3: Yeah. yeah. I, and that's what I wanted was his right hand
1: instead of just saying, Oh, he lost his hand. Just so. a
2: hand yeah. or his like, you could also day, maybe
1: yeah. argue his innocence. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that. Oh, you
2: beat me to it. Oh, you beat me to it.
1: <laughs> hey, great minds think alike, man.
2: That's
3: right. Um, what was, Standard Imperial procedure when going into light speed. Dump your garbage. Yep.
2: Ah, yeah, yeah, That's yeah.
3: One. There you go. Okay, I got a couple other ones here. Who
2: was it? No, I thought, I thought it was like they say they, everybody held on to their butts. <laughs>
1: you know what the funny part about that scene is when they dump the garbage? Yeah.
2: My god, the size of the stuff they're dumping. Oh, yeah. What yeah, are exactly. they
1: dumping? Another busted up ship? <laughs> <I know. laughs>
3: Uh, let's see, uh, who was a noisy brute?
1: Oh god, it's 3PO saying yes, it. Yes,
2: it is. Um, uh. Can you give us a clue in which movie? Oh my
3: god. Uh, I believe.
2: It's Chewy. It,
3: yes, it is Chewy. Yes, that's who it was. Ah, I'm gonna say, get it that It says it's on the Death Star. Yes, yes. Cool. Um, and then the last one here what did Yoda tell obi-wan Kenobi he felt in Luke Skywalker
1: was
0: it
3: uh,
1: him what was that there much anger in him yes just, like his father
3: yes much anger
2: nice yeah one of the other professors uh, with the guys I teach with on um, he 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 hounds he out a, a Star Wars trivia quiz pop quiz nice. Oh. and he like, like full-on grades one and so he hands me this quiz it's about 25 questions uh-huh. and i'm getting i'm getting through the first page and i'm like these aren't too bad it's like i could tell like if you're not a star wars fan you wouldn't get him. but i was like i'm okay at star wars and i'm and i yeah. do love trivia so i was like doing all right by the time i got through the first page i flipped the page and then he really kicks it in gear and it's like what was the number on the trash compactor oh. that they fall into uh, one, uh, one, no, it wasn't one, one, three, eight.
3: Uh,
1: it's, uh, was it one, one, three, eight? Three, eight, two, seven. three eight two seven. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> three, yeah. eight, two, seven. You know, yeah. I'm,
1: you know, I'm like, picturing yeah, the scene three. and I'm trying to think. <laughs> what do they
2: say? What do they say? <laughs> yeah. There's so many. So he's got some very specific type things, which oh, you, you is, gotta, you gotta, you gotta play. Th- like that one. <laughs> it's so great. I love it. It's like, you gotta play through the scene in your mind to. Yeah. To recollect it. It's a recollecting. Well, see so now
3: fun. I feel like I go gotta go watch the original trilogy again because I used to know those num- all those numbers like the back of my hand. Now I feel bad that I didn't know the gar- the trash compactor number.
2: Yeah, so I'll see if I can get that quiz from him, and then yeah. we can do that on the. Year, so yeah, I that'd know. be awesome.
3: I want to see this quiz. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's really good. Yeah, we'll have to definitely have to do that. All right, Robert. Uh, so uh, there's some well. First off, I want to announce it officially on the air. You mentioned your sister earlier; she got married recently, so yeah, congratulations, Elaine. That was awesome news. Uh, so yeah. very happy for her. And many a men are crying right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then your brother, sticking with the family. Uh, your brother has a couple comics. Well, one that's out now, which is called Final Street which is kind of like a Street
2: Fighter style comic. It is. It's a mix of kind of like Final Fight, the Street Fighter, the Double Dragon. Like it's an homage and just a love letter to all of those side-scrolling beat-em-up video games from the 80s and early 90s. Um, So they just did this comic. It's like a role reversal where these two awesome like MMA-trained, you know, girls have these boyfriends who get like – Beat up and, and carried off. <laughs> so it's like the very opening scene. If you play the dungeon or the Double Dragon uh, arcade game, is this group of thugs walk up, they punch this girl in the stomach, throw her over her sh- shoulder, and walk off. Uh-huh. And you're like, what? Like <laughs> that's the opening, the yep. very opening scene, the Double Dragon. And then one of the you know Double Dragon guys, like that's his girlfriend. They're like, oh, we got to go save her. And then that's the whole premise to the entire game is like you're going to fight your way through these thugs to get this girlfriend back so it, their book final street number one is this like boyfriend gets punched in the stomach <laughs> thrown over a guy's shoulder and taken off that's and awesome. the girlfriends are like that's it and they got to chase them down well and, and i'm looking at
3: i'm looking just, at some sample pages and like a couple of the sample pages your brother does an awesome job of making it look like something you would see in the in a video <laughs> game
2: it's so hilarious like it, it's you it, it, he takes the same camera angle that was used for a side-scroller. Yeah. And th- that's the panel, which is really fun. Yeah, the one panel is so, like they're, they're yeah. coming
3: off a subway. And it's, yeah, exactly.
2: it's of course.
3: So, t- so stereotypical, coming off the su- subway, side-scroller, where you get to move up and down a little bit to fight. That's what's going on. Yeah. <laughs>
2: awesome. It's, they So they did a Kickstarter for it, um, and which was successfully funded. It got the first issue uh, printed uh, for Kickstarters. And, um, paid for the production of it. Then Devil's Do, uh, they picked it up as one of their, um, new projects. Uh, it's just picked up as a first standalone issue. Uh, depending on how well those sales go, they'll continue on and do more. My guess is that it'll go into a second Kickstarter yeah. to, uh, help fund the remaining, uh, first series arc, which would be great if people can get on board or keep an eye out for that. You can follow Final Street. On Instagram, Facebook, um, get in touch with my brother Brian or the uh, writer Scott Scott Schmidt, um, and just check it out. But uh, you can definitely get copies if it's not at your local comic book store and they can't reorder. I'm pretty sure you can order through In Stock Trades and uh, or I'm sorry. Um, through uh, DCB service, you can contact them to get a shipment or included in your shipment. And you can even order
3: directly from Devil's Do. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah.
2: So. So you can go to the Devil's Do website. You can order that, uh, or also just contact my brother or Scott, and uh, they can work it out. But um, yeah, any support, just checking it out. If you love those side scroller games, like it's, it, it's. I think it's some of my brother's best work. He's he's really kind of put a lot of love and time and effort into it. It's really good. They for the Kickstarter, they came out with like a this great arcade sounding soundtrack to go along nice. with the book. And it's just, it's so fun. I trust me. It's so fun to sit down and read the book with like that music, that old eighties beat em up game music in the background. It's so fun. It's that's really cool. Awesome. Um,
3: and then he also uh, has a yeah. comic that's going to be, it's actually in July's previews. Uh, it's called the family graves. Am I correct in that?
2: Yeah, exactly. So it's basically kind of speaking of a, a fantastic Four kind of homage, to like the Incredibles, this is like a fantastic Four where it's a family, group but they're all kind of supernatural creatures so um you know you the the dad is a um, is a werewolf the mom is uh, basically like a medusa mm-hmm. um and um uh the daughter and now i'm gonna blank she's um, she looks like she's almost like a psychic type
3: thing or something i don't
2: know Oh, she's a she's a siren.
3: Siren, okay. Um, yeah, which is like, you can
2: only imagine. She's like, she's like a, she's like just becoming a teenager with siren abilities, which are like, oh, great. Uh, and then the sun is like a kind of like a lagoon creature (laughs) creature. Yeah. It looks like
3: there's a baby that's almost looks like a Frankenstein type creature.
2: (laughs) So the baby is a zombie. Oh, okay. (laughs) So the baby was born a zombie and you are think, oh, that sounds gross and weird. But Brian draws it it's so hilarious yeah. because literally they'll be carrying the baby and its arm will fall off and they'll just like pop it back on. And <laughs> it's just so, so hilarious. So they're like, they're like, don't swing the baby. His arms will pop off. The next thing is sure enough, there goes the arms. But the, um, yeah, so that is, uh, being published through comics experience and source point press. Yeah. So, uh, again, you can order that, um, through source point press or through the previous catalog. So, yeah, I definitely want to give a shout out to my brother. Hey man, with all the family news, Brian also just recently had a baby. Um, so, uh, was his first? Zombie? No, it wasn't. Luckily, they had their fingers <laughs> crossed. And, uh, it was, so their first son, his name is Flash, um, Ander Atkins. And, uh, their second son, his name is Ace. Nice. So I'm like, are you just going for J.N. Joe names or what's, uh, <laughs> What's this about? And he was like, no, Flash was actually named after my grandpa. His name was Flash. And then uh, I don't know where they got ace, but it cracks me up. I love the names for the kids. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Okay, well, I'm going to head out uh, sure. so you guys can talk behind my back. And, yep. uh, all about
1: you.
3: Uh, We're really not going to talk about Han Solo at all. <laughs> I <don't>
1: know. Yeah. <laughs> talk right. about what a slacker you are. How <laughs> come you, you never ne- never come up further north so I can actually see you? <laughs> no, Other I than know. New Jersey, where I have to drive for like three hours. <laughs> but, well, uh,
3: I... But yeah, I was gonna say, in all seriousness though, Robert, you and I will be in communication to have you on again soon. Uh,
2: so. Yeah, uh, the one big thing I heard from uh, Joe Con is that we got to do more animated episodes, so oh, okay. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So, well, yeah, last, okay, you
3: know what? Last time we were supposed to have all four of us on for it, and you and Shannon both failed on me last minute. So.
2: I know, I know.
3: So <laughs> listeners, uh, just, listeners, just realize I, it is me. I I'm not saying to it's get, not me. I try to get them on. <laughs> I when are you guys available, and then I make it happen, and then they don't show up. So.
2: <laughs> that's true. That is very, very true.
3: No, we will. We will definitely get an animated episode out uh, very soon. Because I told Rob, or I told uh, John when we did the last one. I think we're two episodes away. Like if we do five episodes each one, I think we're like two episodes away f- from finishing off season one.
2: Oh um, man, that's so awesome! So yeah. I would like we to get do those
3: it. done before the end of this year. So that means we do two more episodes of five, you know, five cartoons, um, each one and and we should be done with, uh, season one. then. so, so we're going to make that happen.
2: All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, have a good one, man. All right. Take it easy guys. Take care.
3: You're after something. Is it revenge? Money?
0: Or is it something else?
3: You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good.
2: Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together a crew. I'm a driver. And I'm a
3: flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this.
2: What do you think? Um. Well, what do you know? You got a line on a ship?
3: Yeah, I know a guy. He's the best smuggler around.
1: I heard a story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is
2: true. <laughs> L3!
1: Let's go with a mean man's face.
2: Hey, with these guys? If you come with us, you're in this life for good. You might want to buckle up, baby. Here they
0: come! Let me give you some
1: advice. assume everyone will betray you, and you will never be disappointed. I got a really good feeling about this.
2: When do you know how to fly?
3: 190 years old You look great Push it And then there were two. And then there were two. Um, And, uh, no, it's always awesome to have Robert on. I, I wish we could have him on more often, but it's just
1: like, – I miss Robert. I wish I could see him more often.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, and and the thing was, I remember there for a little while, Robert and I were both saying, like – he and it was his idea. He was just like, yeah, you and I need to just schedule time. Where it's just you and I, we do some episodes, maybe some just quick hits and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, I'm all in favor of that. And then it's just, it, it never fails. We're just never able to, to get together. And and I, I don't mean to throw him under the bus, but yes, most of the time it's his fault. I have bailed a couple times. Uh, I'm not going to say it's always him, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. Well, things happen. Yeah, things do happen. Um, All right, so Solo. So we're going to go, it, this is totally spoiler-filled from this point on. So if you've not seen the Solo movie... Uh, you're gonna have to wait till the video comes out because I don't think there's many theaters still showing it. Uh, uh, but you, you've you been warned. Uh, so uh, we'll start off first with what was. Well, how many times have you seen it, and what was what's your overall impression of it?
1: I only got to see it once, just because of the nature of uh, what's been going on with my life of late and the little two, you know, two and a half year old. Sure. Uh, but. Overall, I kind of went into it with no real expectations. I figured it'd be, you know, I didn't know if I was going to like it if I was going to hate it. I just didn't know if I was going to even care. Mm-hmm. And overall, I thought it was, you know, it's pretty, you know, it's a solid movie. It's, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's the greatest thing I've ever think, seen. And I think if it wasn't a Star Wars movie, it would have vanished even quicker out of theaters. But, yeah. uh, I think it's definitely, especially the, I mean, it felt, it felt right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, and little things here or there that I was kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah. But overall, I think it was worth, worth seeing. Yeah. So, um, you're kind of
3: saying exactly how I felt about it. Um, it, I saw it once also. I wanted to see it again. I typically do see a Star Wars movie more than once in the theaters. It's just like you said, life kind of was getting in the way of that happening. Um, And, and the one weekend I got to see another movie, that's when Avengers, uh, came out. And I was like, I'll see Avengers, which I haven't seen yet, or go see Solo again. And I was like, well, obviously I'm going to go see Avengers. So, um, but, uh, I, I went in same as you said. Like I had, I may even had some low expectations just because of the stuff I was hearing. I was like, okay, but I went into it going, okay, if I just see kind of a fun movie, I'll be happy. And that's what I saw. I saw a fun movie. Uh, I mentioned it earlier in the episode. Like it, to me, it's the first one that didn't, wasn't repeating things that felt like it had the fun feel of the Star Wars movies that I always loved from the original trilogy. Uh, just had that action adventure, um, type thing. And like you said, it's, it's, it's not a perfect movie. No movie is. It's not a a great movie. But it's a fun movie. You're entertained throughout the whole thing. Uh, it's probably like middle of the road for me when it comes to like the Star Wars movies. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, and to your point, I agree 100% with you. I think it's worth seeing. So if you're someone that's been holding back because you're like, you were disgruntled from The Last Jedi or you don't think this one needed to be made or whatever your reason that you didn't see solo, I think you owe it to yourself to see it because I think it was, it's worth seeing uh at the very least especially if you are a Star Wars fan i think it's worth seeing it just for that uh, cuz there's a lot of things they did well like you said there's a few things i didn't care for but overall i think they did a lot of things well so mm-hmm. um so to, you basically shot two movies for the you know, yeah so. <laughs> yeah um so so uh, mind my words eric this time tell me one thing <laughs> <laughs> <I was waiting. laughs> that you that you liked a lot and we'll get into all the other things too but just like what's the one thing that really stood out to you that you were like I really liked this part of it
1: I the interplay and between Han and Chewie with Alden and Jonas mm-hmm. those two together were spectacular yeah they made me feel like that relationship mattered to them both yeah And that is absolutely – if that didn't work, the movie doesn't work. Oh, yeah. Totally agree. I mean, Uh, that was the best part of the movie was those two. Cool.
3: Yeah, and I'll totally agree with that. Um, The other one I'll throw in there, which I would think you would agree with too, I haven't heard anyone disagree with this statement, is that Donald Glover was the perfect young Lando Calrissian. He had that roll down, like, mannerisms, accents, like how Lando – you would expect Lando to act – he was spot on with that role.
1: Yeah, he was, he was really good. Um, L3 is the one thing I didn't
3: really care for. <laughs> I am there with you. Um, there's things about L3 I really liked that became part of the lore, but mm-hmm. the L3 being, cause I felt like it was too much in your face. Um, being the, um, wanting to be the, uh, fighting for robot rights and stuff like that. I felt like, that could have been done a little bit more subtly, but it just, it came across very much like, Oh, she's an activist. And it's like, okay, I get that, but I don't need it in my face. It just felt out of place with the rest of the movie. And a lot, a lot of times. And, uh, the personality and everything else was, I liked L3, but there was just elements of the character I could have done without. So
1: I agree. Yeah. Um,
3: now talking about L3 and this, this is definitely digging into where the, I, I thought it was cool elements of the lore because I think there was there was a lot of mythos and a lot of lore that was built into this movie that no pun intended didn't feel forced most of the time like they put stuff in there that I was like oh
1: okay um and one thing with- it's it's not like Rogue One where they they shoehorned a lot of stuff in right. and they're going kind of like hey hey look at this look yeah. at this and, and this one it everything really kind of was just like There and it served a purpose. It kind of
3: worked for the story. Yeah. 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 Um, like L3, uh, she, I loved thinking about how it related to the original trilogy. Uh, once she was uploaded into the Falcon, I'm like, Oh, this is why the Falcon is a she.
1: And well, that's also traditionally. Sure. To females or well, yeah. ships,
3: and that's how I always took it back with the original trilogy. I was like, okay, you call your car a she and stuff like that. But now it kind of has a little bit more meaning because there actually is a female robot or a female type robot in in the Falcon.
1: So I'm like, okay. plus the whole uh, in three PO comment and empire with yes. uh you know, I don't know where your ship you didn't learn to communicate, a but it has
3: peculiar form of dialogue. dialect, yes.
1: And <laughs> I it's have like, okay, down, it's, yeah. I get that part of it now. Yep, exactly.
3: Um and then how Han has to hit the Falcon to get it to start up because L three had to
1: hit herself to Yeah, a couple of, yeah, a couple oh I didn't think about that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one.
3: Yeah. Um and obviously she has the best nav computer, uh which yep. allows the Falcon uh in in the uh, original trilogy to, to be able to do some of the things that uh, it's, it's not like Dustin Crop boys uh, boy, but uh yeah. So yeah, I did that when she hit herself the one time I was like, Oh my God. Like it totally popped in my head. Like, Oh my God, Han had to hit the, hit the Falcon to get it to start up. <laughs> um, so uh, we also find out how this was something I never thought we needed an explanation for, but I actually liked that they did it we find out how
1: Han Solo got his name. Yeah, I know a lot of people will... That caused some consternation with people. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like, oh, he didn't really... It's like, whatever. It's it's fine. I mean, if he doesn't really know what his last name is to begin with, right. if he's an orphan living on the... or I guess he wasn't an orphan. Yeah. I mean, he was, but yeah. clearly he knew enough about his dad working in the ships. Right. So, you know, maybe, I don't know. Because I remember... um uh Bob Iger, the president of Disney, made a comment at some point about how we learn how Solo got his name. Yeah. And people flipped out over that. Yeah. I
3: and feel like there's
1: some...
3: I feel like may, and it might be done in a book, it might be done in a comic or something. I feel like there might be some reason that he doesn't want to give his last name. Like, it's not that he didn't know I, his last I know. name. I feel like he didn't want to tell the Imperial there what his last name was.
1: True, and I guess when he asked them, who are your people? Yeah. I don't really have any people. Yeah. Okay. Um,
3: <laughs> but I I never thought I needed a explanation for Solo. I thought it was just that's his name, but it didn't bother me at all. I liked it. I actually liked it, and then I was like, okay, now it makes more sense why the movie's called Solo. Uh,
1: <laughs> cause it, it, yeah, I was fine with it. it it's not something that. Like I get the people that, that have issues with it. Sure. It's like, yeah, I can, I can understand why you have an issue with it, but sure. it didn't bother me. And I was, I was perfectly fine with that.
3: And, uh, speaking of his, his name, I love that we finally understand why Lando mispronounces Han's name in the original trilogy.
1: <laughs> that was fun.
3: Can <laughs> <laughs> Han. It's totally because he's just trying to get his goat. He's just picking on him. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then it just kind of sticks with it. Um, we find out how Han got his blaster. Yep. And why, cause this was brought up in one of the reviews and I, and I kind of, it kind of makes sense. It's like, okay, he's had this blaster for 10 years. Uh, and during those 10 years, why would you never find a better gun than the one you have? Well, we kind of see why it was essentially, he likes it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that, and it's essentially like a sniper rifle type gun broken down to a blaster. <laughs> So it's kind of hard to find something that's even more powerful than that that can still be a handheld gun. So uh, we definitely get a uh, Han shot first moment.
1: Yeah, I think they threw that in intentional oh. just to, because people like, oh. For sure. Oh, it's totally done intentionally. Um,
3: what did you think of the
1: Beckett character, speaking of Han shooting first? I think I would have liked to have seen a little more of if Beckett's supposed to be the mentor, I would have liked to have seen a little more of that. But yeah. um, it was kind of an interesting take when he's just like, "Oh crap, we failed." Rather than trying to run, he's like, "Maybe it makes more sense if we go to Voss mm-hmm. and maybe we can work something out because otherwise we're dead." Um, I don't. I th- I thought he was. I liked him. Yeah. Um, even though it was kind of like. I got about three quarters of the way through the movie. I'm like, I think I know how this is going to end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, with all the double crossing and just all the implement, you know, the implications of, you know, trust no one. Well, yeah. Know, all that kind of stuff. The second
3: he said, uh, rule number one is don't trust anyone. I was like, well, that's going to come back later. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, I would have, I will say the one thing I, I would have liked more time with Beckett's crew. Yeah.
1: I felt like they well, were I didn't... off a little too early. That really, that surprised me. I didn't, I thought they were going to be around through much longer you know, yeah. through at least half the movie as opposed to like 20 minutes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little surprised by how quickly they got killed off. Yeah, for sure. Um, we
3: never really get to know the significance of Hans Dice, his lucky Dice. Uh, we know they're important because he went back to his, uh, his, not his ship, but his little land speeder car to get them. To get him. Um, so they obviously have some significance. We just don't know what they are just yet. Um, and I did, I, and you saw the picture cause I sent it to you and I posted it on yeah. the Facebook page, but I got my replica ones and they now hang in my car. Uh, cause I had a, f- uh, my f- one friend at work and she said to me, she's like, um, you need something to help identify your car a little bit more. And I'm not one to put bumper stickers on my car or anything really on my car. And, uh, and so i was like well that would be something unique and i think when i told my wife that i was having some dice come in to hang on my car i think she was picturing big fuzzy dice (laughs) and she just looked at me really weird (laughs) and i'm like
1: (laughs) i honestly i think the only reason they're in the movie at all is because of they're just doing a throwback to the like half a second you can see them in new hope yeah um and they're just trying to Make something out of oh the reason why you only but then you know you never see them again in the original trilogy right, so right you know I think it's just a pure like oh we're gonna throw this in as a fun little thing and maybe it's just just yeah. as good luck charm as it yeah. were
3: and like I said they, it could be something that somebody explores at one point I don't think we'll see any explanation in any of the movies but I think it, it could be something that somebody explores in like a short story in a comic or in a book or something
1: yeah that to me that screams like a one-shot yeah. in a comic. Yeah, for sure. Um,
3: so how did you feel about uh, Han and Chewie's meeting, first meeting
1: and stuff? That was not what I was expecting. Yeah. But that was a hell of a cool scene. Yeah. I, mean, I also, like, really, really dug the look of the Mud Troopers. Yeah. Um, like, I really want to do that costume, but I'm waiting on the the Legion to uh, figure out the CRL for that before I even think about getting involved with that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just, that was not, I, I just did not expect that was going to be the case of how he meets Chewie. For, I, I didn't know what to expect as to how he met right. Chewie. But that was probably about the bottom of the list of things that I thought might have happened. Yeah,
3: yeah my expectation was it was going to be more like how they met was going to be more like uh, when they run into the other Wookiees later. Like he was just going to find them in the slave pits or something yeah. like that and
1: release them. I think them. That's, and, kind of, yeah. that's kind of, that's kind of where I would have, I would have expected, not expected, but. I guess maybe it is expected where yeah. I thought that you would see is him saving him out of a slave pen or something. Right. not at- Right. Um,
3: but I liked what they did. I, I thought it was good. Um, I did hear some people make grumble, again, fans grumbling about stuff, where they felt like, well, that kind of takes away from Chewie off owing him a life debt. And I was like, I don't know. I still think Chewie owes him a life debt. <laughs>
1: yeah, I- there's, I know. I know. You always have the the, the question about is Chewie a uh, sidekick or a, yeah, a partner? partner? Yeah. And I don't like. We all know, like the life debt has been mentioned in one of the aftermath books. Yeah. So clearly, there's a life debt of some kind that comes about at some point. But I don't know if what we see in this movie is ever the time when there's when the life debt comes into place.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, because okay, yeah, he he rescues him out of the ca- out of that cage or that pit thing but it's also benefiting himself it's not like he just walked by and popped a cage open and rescued him so i don't know if that's supposed to have happened in the movie or not um and how that i mean because whatever 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 there is with the life dead partner whatever that crap clearly the two of them you know they're devoted to each other yeah yeah. So whatever the outcome is, it's I don't know. But yeah. And I
3: will say, I don't know if you agree with this, but even Chuck admitted to this that at least this movie, you know, going back to that debate, he said at least that movie, he says makes me, re, he says I'm not changing my mind about it, but it does make me lean a little bit more towards Chewie being a partner and not a sidekick.
1: <laughs> well, I would say if you just go based purely upon this movie, they're partners. Yeah. But because the life Dead exists. And Chewie ultimately has this thing that he has to. That's why I don't say that they're full partners on the from the original trilogy and all that stuff. Is because as long as that life debt exists, Chewie's never really truly on equal footing yeah. because he's ultimately has to pay back. Yeah.
3: Well, and, <laughs> and I think that's and I can't remember the phrasing you used, but uh, but I remember like we talked about that on in the. Like the group page on Facebook um, because I stated very clearly like, here's what my definition of a sidekick is and Chewie does not fit that definition of a sidekick. Almost any other character you mention, like Robin or anybody like that totally fits that definition of a sidekick and for me uh, that definition is that they're being trained by the hero uh, to eventually become the hero and that doesn't fit Chewie at all. He's not being trained by Han. He's not going to be Taking over for Han as the hero or anything like that, um, but there it seems like there needs to be some other word for what Chewie is because I can yeah I,
1: I don't I can understand sidekick, him not
3: being partner too I can understand people saying well he's not really a full partner just like you were saying
1: I mean they they are partners to an extent but like when I hear partner if they're going to be fifty fifty equal footing that's not the case right and like yeah I think I did say the sidekick probably isn't the right term because I mean I hear the word sidekick. And yes, I do think of stuff like Robin and Superboy and whatever, right. you know, all the, all the traditional, but you, a sidekick also isn't necessarily that it's like, I hear the term sidekick and I also think of, you know, somebody that maybe you're not necessarily learning anything from him, but you're always hanging around him Yeah. for whatever reason. It's not just about training and learning. It can be other things, but yeah, I don't think sidekick is the right word. Yeah. But, there must be you know, something else. Like it's, it's obvious. It's, very clearly a complicated relationship. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so for sure. he kind of, um, does get shafted too often.
3: Someone pointed this out and I
1: really I didn't
3: think about it when I saw the movie, but I was like, Oh yeah, that kind of makes sense that how Han essentially helps fund the rebellion.
2: <laughs> yeah, I
1: that was an interesting idea of like, you know, when you watch the trailers and it's all about like I know who you really are. Yeah. And they never answer that in the trailer and she's like, Well, you're the good guy. And then it kind of does. In, I mean, he's also at this point not the cynic right. that he clearly has become by the time in ten years or so later. Right. Um,
3: and that was a so, com- that was a complaint by some people. Uh, our one friend, uh, Daryl Taylor, he made a comment saying, "I, I would have liked to have seen." more of the Han Solo we know in A New Hope, more of that cynical side, more of that darker side. And I'm like, yeah, but that's 10 years after this movie. He had, to your point, he hasn't grown into that yet. He is
1: definitely starting down that
3: path. We see
1: that, but he he hasn't reached Kira banning him at the end definitely starts him down the path. Absolutely, But at that point, he's still, because throughout the whole movie, he's constantly saying, I got a good feeling about this. Things are going to work out, you know. You know, he's very, you know, cocksure about things yeah. to the detriment on in oh, several instances. Yeah. But by the time we see him in A New Hope, he's very much just like, yeah, like, if you pay me enough, I'll do it. But, you know. Right. We do get to see uh,
3: uh, Wookiee ripping off uh, arms out of yeah. their sockets.
1: That was the size it fit me. <laughs> yeah,
3: that was, that was funny to see that actually happen. Yeah. And we see that Chewbacca even early on is not good at that, uh, chess game, hologram game. Yeah, the Jarek or yeah. whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, so that gave me a little chuckle too. It was like, okay, he's always, he's always been bad at this.
1: <laughs> or at least he's just learning at that point. And, right. You know, maybe Han's not into it, so he doesn't get to play that often. Right. He's only used to playing against himself. And, right. Well, uh,
3: I, I, I really liked seeing that how Han won the Sabacc game to get the Falcon
1: at the very end there. <laughs> It, well, it's funny that, you know, he loses the game the first time around, mm-hmm. and they never have to give Lando anything. Yeah. So, what did you really, you know, if you, why didn't, if that was the case, why didn't you just go up and ask him in the first place? Right. Well, but, and, uh, and I liked
3: it, I did like at the end, though, how, like, Han acts like, almost like he's about to attack him, and then he kind of hugs him, and that's how he steals the, the card, the sneak card away, because then that, Kind of is reminiscent of Empire Strikes Back, where Lando looks like he's about to fight Han, but then he ends up hugging him.
1: So, um. well, yeah, that's the other thing. Is I I kind of I would have liked him to beat Lando fair and square without the cheating and like how you know how obvious it is that he's got the card up his sleeve from just from the movie viewers perspective, but like nobody else notices it. I'm like. Mm. But Well, the, doesn't Han actually legitimately
3: beat him, though, in the second second game?
1: He does, but I think if Lando doesn't think that he has that card up his sleeve, yeah. you know, if he, if, oh, as long gotcha. as he thinks he he's got that card, he's playing differently than if he realizes that he's got no backup.
3: Yeah.
0: He's
1: got to play with what he's got.
3: Yeah,
1: um, I see what you're I saying. I think that might change how he plays the game. Yeah. But, but at the same time, but that's
3: all part of the game too. It's like it, I guess when yeah. you're dealing with uh, scoundrels, I mean, you got <laughs> you got to play that way. Um, yeah, but I
1: would also think you're taking your life in your hands. Oh, sure. People and get caught cheating,
3: absolutely. But no, I see your point. Like if, if, if that game could have been different had Lando known that he didn't have that cheat going on for him from, from the beginning. Yeah. Um,
1: So he may still want, but I I think I would just prefer them seeing just in a in a straight up yeah. just just. You know, luck, skill, whatever, with no cheating from anybody.
3: Yeah. But um, Going back to the uh, funding the rebellion, I, like I said, I did think it was humorous to think about. And like I said, I didn't even think about this when I was watching it. But some, you know, one of the reviews I, I read talked about it and it said, you know, how he essentially funds the rebellion that later on he doesn't want to be a part of. Um, and the question I have, because I have not been able to find anything. Who is the girl?
1: Like, I don't know. She's like I. That whole aspect, until the moment when she takes the helmet off. Right. I had no freaking idea that they were going to go in that direction. Like, yeah. Maybe some people did, but it kind of hit me out of the side of the thing. I'm like, wow, I didn't expect that. Well, and when they did, and the she made she made a comment about like her mother, but yeah. like, she clearly took over the mantle from her mom. Yeah. Whoever her mom was, I don't know. Yeah. But I don't, I I mean, in in some levels, you know, because, I mean, you see two tubes there. Yeah. So do eventually, and does eventually that group become part of Saw's group? Uh, Yeah, it seems like it. So, you know, I don't, I mean, and what happened to, I mean, Enfys must have been killed along the way somewhere. in those 10 in those years. Yeah.
3: Well, and the thing was, when they revealed her, I felt like the way they revealed her, it was supposed to be as if I would I was supposed to know who she
1: was. Like, I didn't get that. I just got the feeling that like, you're just supposed to understand that there's been a history between her and, uh, Beckett. Yeah. What I got and, more from it afterwards,
3: when I realized that that person was not anybody that I should know, I was like, Oh, maybe the, the reveal was the fact that it is a woman instead of what you would, ex- what it seems like it had been the whole time, which was, you thought it was a guy from the, the way they were dressed and all that type of stuff. But, um, but yeah, like the way they just did the reveal, I was like, I, I started Googling it cause I, after the movie, cause I'm like, is that supposed to be somebody that I know? And I couldn't find anything. So,
1: um, yeah, I I don't think so. Cause it, I mean, like I did catch some of the, the, uh, I should say a lot of the, the Easter eggs they threw in her, but her name, yeah, I think she didn't exist previous to this movie. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: I mean, maybe she did somewhere in some comic or book somewhere, but it was never something that if it is, then no one ever caught it before. So I don't, I don't know. I think she was just, just a gang leader that, you know, they threw in there and they twisted it and it was like, Oh, okay, well that's interesting. Um, and then went from there. So, uh, we'll talk about a couple other characters before talking about, well, let's, Let's talk about the
3: elephant in the middle of the room, which was the big surprise twist at the end, which I did not see coming, which was the return of Darth Maul.
1: I I didn't see it coming, but soon as I thought of soon as I soon as he pops up on screen, I was just like, uh, you know, that makes sense. Oh because yeah. if the with the clone, what he did in the Clone Wars cartoon yeah. with creating the. Whatever the syndicates or whatever it was he was trying to eventually take over. It's like, okay, I see that. I don't think they needed to, I don't know why he decided like to turn on the uh, lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> other than I felt that was just a, so, oh, so people go, oh, it's that dude. Yeah, yeah. You know, the people who don't know that he was back in the Clone Wars well, I was as to say back in
3: Rebels. They have to explain that somehow in some movie because I had so many people that were just like, wait, how is he back? He was cut in half. I'm like, oh, you didn't watch any of the
1: animated series, right? And they can't
3: assume that people did
1: watch the animated series. No, I, that's so. why I think they had they did the, the turn on the lightsaber, yeah. because you can't assume that. But at the same time, I don't think they need to elaborate anymore, because you've got them in two different animated series yeah. that you can easily go on Netflix and watch. Yeah. So if you really want to learn more about it, you can go there. There is there is the whole story there. It's yeah. just, I mean, I was... Like I know I heard something about they they had something like five or six different characters yeah. that were already had already existed that they could have that they could have pulled from. Oh yeah. And apparently uh, uh what's his name? Uh the director. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can't remember his can't remember name right now. Either. I uh Ron Howard. Oh yes. Uh, went I was totally blanking too, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Went to Pablo Hidalgo, who's like the keeper of like the knowledge within Lucasfilm, saying, "Tell me about why Maul is one of the options." Yeah. And so they explained it to him, and he said, "Okay, that's that's that that'll work." Yeah. So I honestly, honestly thought it was going to end up being Jabba.
3: When when they were when it seemed like they were about to reveal who was behind it all, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be Jabba the Hutt," because they've already kind of referenced him a little bit and stuff. Yeah.
1: Um. Well, that was honestly one of, there were, I think, really only like two or three things in this movie I was expecting to see. Han and Chewie getting together for the first time. Yeah. Han winning the Falcon from Lando. Yeah. And I was expecting to see Java show up at some point. Yeah. But at least
3: he was referenced. Yeah. So that's a so bad And but. it seems like that's where they were heading next was in that
1: direction. So. Yeah, because you said, oh, I heard about this gangster on yeah, whatever. On, Tat- Tatooine. on Tatooine. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, well, we know where this is going to end yeah. up eventually. Yeah. But, uh.
3: And then I had a friend that reached out to me after he saw the movie and we were talking about some
1: theories. And this was when
3: it was still like oh, it seems like there's going to be a Boba Fett movie and it seems like there's going to be an Obi-Wan movie. And I really liked his his thoughts behind it. He said um, he says, you know what, they wouldn't need to do a, necessarily a Han Solo sequel. They could do a Boba Fett movie that has Han and Chewie in it and that's the sequel to the Han Solo movie. And then you could do an Obi-Wan movie that deals with Kira and Uh, Darth Maul, and that's also, in a way, a sequel to the Solo movie. And I liked the idea of taking the Solo movie and splitting it in two different directions to tell those other two stories.
1: Well, I think whatever story they're going to tell with, like, people are so obsessed with the idea that, like, oh, Boba Fett had to show up in Solo, and Solo has to show up in any Boba Fett movie. He's like, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He literally, they didn't, I mean, did they have interactions in the past? Probably. Yeah. But the only reason he's going after Solo is because Jabba puts a price on his head. Yeah. That's it. There's no other reason for it. Yeah. So, like, to me, just leave Han Solo out of the Boba Fett story unless you're going to end the Boba Fett story with him coming and deciding he's going to take up the bounty. Yeah. Well, Maybe I, that's where you end it. Yeah. But-
3: But I don't mind, I don't mind the idea of building that rivalry in a Boba Fett movie. I would still want the Boba Fett movie to be Boba Fett centric. I would, I wouldn't want Han Solo and Chewie to appear a whole lot in it, but I like the idea of them, uh, of it kind of being in a way a sequel to the solo movie. And like I said, the Obi-Wan movie being a kind of a sequel to the solo movie also, just following different characters and different paths.
1: I don't know what they're going to do with, if they do the Obi-Wan movie, what the hell they're going to do there, other than please bring back Ewan McGregor. Right. Oh,
3: yeah. They have
1: to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I, I could see, if they're going to do the Obi-Wan movie,
3: I could see Darth Maul appearing in that one. Um, it, 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 it's a made villain that you're, you know, you're ready to, I mean, they have a history already together.
1: (laughs) So. I don't think you do that. I think because of Rebels. Yeah. He doesn't know Obi-Wan's still alive until he meets Ezra. Yeah. And then that's maybe a year or two later before he's killed. That's true. If even that long. So I don't, I think you can't, you you don't, I think if you're going to do Obi-Wan, I think you need, he needs to focus on something other than Darth Maul because as far as he knows, Darth Maul is
3: dead. Or, yeah, or maybe, uh, maybe Kira faces, had, ends up facing off against Obi-Wan somehow, or gets involved in that somehow. So,
1: Well, oh, that was my favorite Easter egg they threw in there, was uh, when she mentioned Terras Cassi Oh, yeah, I love that. I was like, holy crap, they threw in the video game? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's supposed to be a martial arts style or whatever, yeah, yeah. but I the, that really surprised me. I, I was like, like, oh, it's canon cool now. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. Okay. <laughs> well, I love that. martial
3: arts styles. And I was like, and you were probably like me. I was like, there's probably three people in this theater that even know what the hell picked up that made, reference.
1: For all I knew, I was the only one in the theater that knew that. I don't know. I,
3: I had a pretty, I had a pretty full theater, so I was like, maybe there's another Star Wars fan in here that knows this too. But I, I think I was the only one that actually laughed when she mentioned that because I was like, oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> I think I, I think I just went,
1: oh, <laughs> when she said, that, I was like, oh, that's a neat little tribute. I did not expect this one. Yeah, but I thought that was, I thought that was great. Uh, what'd you think of Dryden? Uh, I, he was all right. Yeah. I mean, it just—I was intrigued by um, like the the scars or whatever those were on his face, and how he was when he would get angry or worked up, they would yeah. get redder and redder. Yeah, I was kind of curious uh, what they were and how he got them. And yeah, I didn't know. I, I mean, I I don't know if they're scars or if they were. If maybe he's a certain type of alien not, or yeah, not necessarily a human, but something close to humanity yeah, that, yeah. but whatever I liked his, uh, his weapons too. The blades were really cool. Oh, yeah, was little like knife yeah. things that, that I kept wanting to, to feel like if you ever played World of Warcraft, the, yeah. uh, the war that Illidan carries. Yes, yes. They look like small versions of the war glaives. I agree. I agree. Um, and he was pretty spry in his
3: fighting too, which I, I actually appreciate. I thought that was pretty good cause I wasn't expecting him to be a fighter. Um, I thought that was cool. Uh, Kira was an interesting character, also. Um, and I've, seen, it's funny because I, so many. It depends on which article you're reading. They spell her name two different ways, uh, K or Q. Yeah. Um, I personally like the Q with the apostrophe. Yeah, I think
1: I think it is the Q. Yeah.
3: The official. Yeah. Um, I thought she was okay. Uh, she wasn't super strong through most of the movie, but there were elements where I thought, okay, she's really good. I did not see her. I, I saw her turning, but I didn't see obviously her connection with like Darth Maul or anything like that. But I, I think anyone that has seen enough movies has, or read enough stories was like, yeah, she's going to end up not going with him like she's making it seem like she's going with
1: him. <laughs> yeah. I think we all knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, loved seeing the Falcon, loved seeing how it got its middle taken out. Well, here's the question. Yeah. Do you think in reality that the Falcon, even though Lando had it look all pretty and all that, and then when you see Han and it's like missing panels all over the place and everything, that in reality it was just a veneer of paint effectively over the, the Falcon and that it really was that dinged up under it? It could but have Lando been. Lando was hiding it. It could have been, but also it got beat to shit. Yeah, I don't ever want to see you again. So, I mean, it did get beat pretty good, but yeah, so I don't, I think, I think
3: that's like when we see Han with it, I think he takes it over after Lando's had a chance to do a little bit of fixes to it after getting beat up. (laughs) Um, I think it's still suffering from that, that
1: like, uh, damage that it took on, so. Well, he may also have done, tried to do stuff like, remove stuff he doesn't need in order to uh, yeah. bleed weight. Yeah. So it goes, so it's a, it's faster in theory and, yeah. in, uh, in atmosphere and yeah. maybe more maneuverable or something. Cause I mean, clearly he changes out the, uh, the cannons. Right. And, you know he fires off the, I didn't, I didn't realize that was the escape pod. Yeah. It's like a cargo pod or something. Yeah,
3: I did too. I thought the same thing. Um, um I liked the, uh, I, I like that. We got to see the, uh, the smugglers
1: bins in the, in the floor. Uh when they, uh-huh. that was cool. Um and is the closet where in Empire where they're like Leia's working on the uh something in the in that little tiny room and then Han walks in there and that's where they kiss? I think so. Yeah. That's what I thought. Cuz that's cuz I like the, the layout of the Falcon's always kind of confused me. Yeah. Yeah,
3: and in, in this what I, movie I it's of, Lando's wardrobe room. <laughs> uh,
1: have yeah, and the sorry. fact that the uh and now the question is, did Han, is Lando wearing Han's clothes or is Han wearing Lando's? Was, that's true. It's very true. Um, yeah, because
3: it, it seems, because when you see Return of the Jedi, he's wearing, uh, well, at the, really at the end of Empire, you see he's wearing his yeah, clothes it. on. Yeah, he's got the yeah. clothes on. It's like, well, did he just go back there and grab stuff that was his to begin with? So.
1: <laughs> and then, uh, the, uh, the skiff guard that Beckett's wearing, Oh, yeah. But that's also what Lando wears at Jabba's Palace. Yep, that's true. So
3: um, Yeah, there was just a lot of, like you said, there was a lot of that stuff that I think served the story instead of just being shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's one of the things that got me giddy watching the movie because I was like, oh, I'll watch this again and again because I like seeing those little references. And they weren't really, like I said, they weren't forced in there or anything like that. They just worked for the story. Um, and like I said, on top, and then on top of that, it was just a fun movie. So I walked out of it going, I literally walked out and walked past a theater that was just starting to show it again. And I wanted to walk right in there and start watching it again, um, which is what I probably should have done, but I had to get home that night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Back in if I was single, I probably would have done that.
3: Oh, if I was single, totally would have done it. But, uh, yeah, I had a wife that would have wondered, why aren't you home yet?
1: <laughs> yeah. I think plus I had to get home cause I saw it at like 10 o'clock on like a Sunday morning or something. Yeah. And I hadn't, get home so the wife could do something. I could watch the kid. See, I, I saw it seven,
3: uh, much like all the other star Wars movies. I saw it opening night as early as I could. Uh, I saw it at seven o'clock on that Thursday. And so when I got out, it was just after nine. And so I could have gone and seen it again. And I would have gotten out like maybe a little after 11, um, or around midnight, which would have been fine. But like I said, my wife would have been
1: like, why are you, why are you still not home? (laughs) What are you what are you doing? Um uh, nothing? <laughs> nothing just We're all good. We're all good we're here. We're all How good. Are you?
3: Here. <laughs> um so that's all the notes that I had for it overall. Like I said, I really did enjoy it. It um I thought it was well done. I think it's worth seeing. I definitely plan on watching it again and again. Uh there's you know stuff in Dryden's
1: office that I want to kinda see again. Uh, yeah, because I didn't like I didn't catch that, the you know, like the crystal skull that's in there is actually like the skull of the, on the cover of one of the, the Han Solo novels from back in the day. Yeah. Um, apparently the idol that's from like, Indiana Jones is in there. Yeah, the
3: fertility idol I heard was in yeah. there. Yeah, and, I and
1: then the... That. Like, I saw the suit of armor, but I just kind of like, okay, whatever, it's a suit of armor, and they're like, well, this is like pre, you know, Mandalorian Wars with the Jedi Mando armor, like yeah. ancient Mandalorian <laughs> armor, and some people I know in the in the Mando Mercs club were like, you know, ah, yeah. they were all they were all mad because like that's just not the armor. It's like whatever, man. It's in the movies. I think they win, right? Well,
3: uh, and I've got the I got in my hands right now the official guide, the DK one.
1: Which is oh great. yeah, I actually had that. Um, it's on a bookshelf on the other side of the, the room. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, I mean then there was the Womp Rat that you saw on uh, Corilia right at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, that was such a cool ass opening scene where, where you see, you see the, the bridge of the Star Destroyer being moved on to the Star Destroyer. I was like, uh, I want to see more of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it also gives more credence to when he says, you know, not the local bulk cruisers, but the big Carillion ships. Yes. And, and there's literally an Imperial Star Destroyer being built on Corillia. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's like, that, wow. uh, the Mytag crystal is the
3: uh, skull that you're referring to. Um, Right. So I'm looking at that. I'm looking at the room right now. So, um, but yeah, they have like certain creatures that were preserved. You got the, yeah, there's the near complete set of old Republic era Mandalorian rally master armor.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Um, so that was there. I don't see the idol, but yeah, I heard that
1: it was. In yeah, there. I, f- I heard the idol was there, but yeah. I mean, maybe people were confusing it with something. I don't know, but whenever the Blu-ray comes out, people can yeah <laughs> can so. go through it frame by frame by frame exactly and see what what is or isn't there. Yeah, but then there's like yeah, uh, the mummified tr- hand of a lost king of Duro. In Interesting. There. Yeah, I remember seeing the hand, and yeah. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Yeah.
3: There's all Alderanian uh armillary sphere so there's like a globe of Alderaan. okay oh there's a traditional nogri
1: carver set oh really yeah. that's interesting yeah okay that's a cool little twist yeah so yeah some cool things that
3: it references in there so
1: yeah i'm curious to see like i mean i know like people like to uh you know you posted up ranking all the star wars movies yeah. and i'm kind of like i don't really like doing that, yeah. Uh, just because it kind of, I mean, it's always going to be, number one is probably always going to be the original, and yeah. the worst is probably always going to be Attack of the Clones, and everything else just kind of <laughs> falls in the middle there. But, See, uh, I,
3: I still, me personally, I still like uh, Attack of the Clones more than Phantom Menace, just because I, there's more action in it than Phantom Menace. I don't like the I, I
1: not so. I just can't get past the excessive use of CGI and how bad it is in some scenes. Well, that's and all just three like, of the prequels.
0: <laughs> uh, man, like,
1: why in the hell are you cutting a virtual fruit? Yeah, for God's sake, just give them an apple and paint it a different color. <laughs> you know? Oh, but, believe me, uh, the romantic stuff is the stuff that I. Oh totally yeah, those, those two have no chemistry together. No. <laughs> um, but uh, it, like to me, this movie kind of falls pretty much squarely in the middle. I think. Yeah. For me too. I mean. I think the more I see it, the more I'm going to like it. I agree. Um, and I'm kind of like you I
3: in regards to The Last Jedi. I think it's still overall my favorite of the new movies only because – I actually like the fact that it's got so much weight to it and there's so much there to really digest. Um, but the more I watch it, the
1: more the things I don't like about it are standing out. And well, yeah, that's, a, that's the thing with me on that is – is it's not a movie that I can keep going back and rewatching over and over and over again because yeah. there's so much going on yeah and it's such a dense heavy movie and it's just like man it's like I, I can't I can't keep watching this and then the stuff with the the resistance fleet just annoys me more and more and more <laughs> like I still love I love all the stuff with Luke and Ray and Kylo yeah. and and all of that, like, I love all of that, and the Canto Bite stuff is still fine, but the Resistance Fleet stuff, just, there's so many things that just, they bugged me then, and they bugged me worse now. (laughs) And I will say, the Canto Bite stuff bothers
3: me a lot less the more I see it, because the first time I saw it, I felt like, man, that just dragged on, that section could have just been done so differently, and now the more I've watched it, I'm going, you know, that park doesn't really take up that much time of the movie and it's, it's really not that no, bad.
1: It, it really does. I just, the only thing I, I would like them to have changed is to cut, <laughs> cut down the, uh, five um, escape. Yeah.
3: Now, if I was, uh, if I was to, and I'm not going to rank all of them, but if I was to rank all the star Wars movies based on what I thought cinematically, like, not my own bias, my own personal bias, but the ones that I thought cinematically were, like, the best movies. Um, Rogue One would be in my top three. Uh, I would probably still put Empire number one. Uh, I think that one's just, I, I honestly think that one is a masterpiece of a movie.
1: Um, even though it's not my personal favorite of all the Star Wars movies. When you say best cinematically, best. do you mean movies you actually saw in theaters or just... Like the cinematography? I mean like cinematography. I mean like... Okay.
3: I mean as far as like if I was to view it not as a fan but as a critical movie viewer where it's like, okay, if I'm looking at this not as a Star Wars fan or what I personally like but just as a as a total critic of a movie, I think Empire is probably the best out of all of them. And I think Rogue One is number two or three um, out of all of them. Um, a New Hope could definitely have an argument for that to be in the top three as well. Um, and even though Return of the Jedi is my personal favorite, I think that one's probably pretty low as far as the quality of it and everything.
1: Uh, See, I, put, I would probably put Return of the Jedi up pretty high just because they're, you know, when you've got the space battle and all the models and stuff going sure. on with that, all the stuff going on with the Endor fight, and then, you know, and the, the Luke vader uh, lightsaber battle sure. there's there's three different very distinct situations happening at the yeah. same time and in pretty different types of locations very true very so true. i don't know
3: but, but yeah, I mean, one i
1: think would probably be up to pretty good pretty high too yeah
3: um and like i said that's just taking my own personal feelings out of it completely yeah. if i was to actually just critique them as films uh but that's not what I was doing that list for. That was, it was meant to be like, what do you like? What do you not like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's, and, and I, I just like seeing people's personal tastes when it comes to it. And I, I liked what you did too, as far as like kind of just grouping them, like here's the original trilogy, here's this, here's that.
1: Yeah. It's really hard for me, especially with the original movies to, yeah, to not that. take them as one group. Oh yeah. I'm
3: the same you way. Know? When someone asks me, what's your favorite movie? I go star Wars. They're like, Oh, the, the, which one? And then I go, well, the original trilogy. I kind of consider them all one movie. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it, it's just for me. It's been the basis of everything. I mean, exactly. it's you know, it's it's just the basis for so much stuff in my life. Right. Um. And you know, I mean, other than my kid being obsessed with Toy Story more so than anything, but sure. man, he loves the hell out of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. He sees Vader and he gets so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> like he runs which up the TV and starts pointing. Yeah. So. No, that's awesome. Uh, and when the ads fall over, he goes, "Oh no!"
3: <laughs> nice. So, um, anything else you wanted to mention when it comes to solo? Anything else that stood out for you? Anything else you wanted to talk about?
1: No, I think I'm I'm looking forward to it coming out um, for home release. Yeah, me too. Uh, so I can really get into it some more because it's this is the first since um, the prequels have come out. Like I saw each of the prequels four five six seven times at piece I've seen you know rogue one I saw three or four times in the theater mm-hmm. uh force awakens I saw seven last jedi I saw three this is the first of like you know since the original trilogy that I've only seen once in the theater
3: I'm right there with you uh it's yeah since the, the original trilogy I only saw each one of those once but uh the prequels all of the prequels I saw tw- at least twice in the theaters uh force awakens I saw three times. Uh, Rogue One, I saw three times. Last Jedi, I saw three times. Um, uh, and then, yeah, this is the first one I only saw once, and it wasn't because I didn't want to see it again. I just couldn't, I just didn't have the opportunity to go see it again. Um, yeah, I mean, that was the same. I just didn't, like,
1: uh, Avengers came out week before, week before, week after. Week after. Yeah, because I saw the same thing. I saw Avengers the opening weekend as well, and yeah, was, same here. You know.
3: And uh, but yeah, this will be one like that I'm actually eager to watch again because like I said, I really did enjoy it, and uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun just to sit and watch it in my home uh, and watch it. And this is honestly one I could like. I've watched all the other ones at home again and watched them multiple times, but this is one like like I said, it had that fun feeling of the original trilogy, and it's the first one I actually felt like oh, I could probably watch this one like. Over and over and over again, and still have fun watching it every single time.
1: Um, yeah, and there's not really any scenes that are—I don't want to say overly harsh. No. But other than the Mimban scene where he's part when he's a mud trooper. Yeah. And and like the holy crap, the World War One kind of feel of yeah. trench warfare that's going on, on that planet. There's not really a lot in this movie that's like heavy or anything. Yeah, it's it's a very light. It's a a light adventure movie. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
3: I and like you said, that's kind of how I felt always about the original trilogy. I just felt like they were I mean, there is depth to them, of course, the original trilogy. There's a lot of depth to them, but they were always that depth was always underneath the light, fun adventure. So Yeah. Um well, how can people find you? Is there anything you wanted to plug? Uh,
1: No, really. Oh, yeah. um, other, th- other than uh, I know Celebration Chicago next year I'll be at, cool. but um, outside of that, I mean, I'm on Twitter and I'm, you know, if you <laughs> I don't really say much or do much on Twitter and uh, you know, you can easily find me on the, the Star Joe's Facebook group, so.
3: Um, yeah, and with it being the Celebration being in Chicago next year, I'm like, yeah, I, m- I might try to make that Oh. Before.
1: I don't know if we can hit that real quick, but yeah. holy crap. I could not believe that the – first off, it's five days. Yeah, I know. Which I was like, this is a goddamn trade show. Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. Um. But then the full weekend, the full show passed, sold out sold in a day out. and yep. a half. Yep. And I was just like, what? Yep. Like the last two, uh, Orlando and Anaheim, the last two didn't sell out the full weekend pass until – they went on sale about the same time. It was, um, what is this June? So they went on sale May and didn't sell out until like December yeah. or January. Yeah. Um, but the fact that the full weekend pass is gone and like the Saturday pass is gone. Yeah. I'm like, what? like the, the Chicago convention center is like the largest in the nation. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know they're not taking up the whole convention and there's another, I think there's another convention going on at the same time in another wing. Yeah. I don't know like and they claimed repop claimed that it's the same number of passes as there was for Orlando um last year.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm like I what 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 like so here's the question is what changed? Right. Um the with the fan backlash, you know, with the big backlash against Last Jedi and solo doing you know, I don't I don't know if I want to call it a bomb, but it so it did okay, I guess. Yeah. Is was it scalpers or was it I don't know. What what changed between twenty seventeen celebration and twenty nineteen? Or is it just a location thing because it's right in the middle it, of the entire country? It may be that too. Um That's that's the one thing is I know that's been kind of a speculation too, is it's been because it's not Anaheim or Orlando, it's but at the same time I don't know, like maybe because it's a, for me, it's about the same distance flight either way. Sure. It's about two hours of flight. I think there's no way in hell I'm driving. Right, right. Um, and yeah, it is for people out west to not have to go to Florida, which is a six hour flight right. or four, four or five hour flight versus a, a two and a half or three hour flight. Right. So maybe that's it. I, I don't know. But that still doesn't seem to, I don't know. It just, there's so many, questions is like how did this happen yeah
3: and will and will they try to i mean i don't know if there's anything they can do but will they try to do something between now and then to be able to open up for more
1: passes and things i like don't that? think so yeah i think say they went on because of why would they have to think about anything differently when in the past that's has not it's been six months before anything right. sells out right so i don't i think they they put up the the maximum allotment And at the start and it's gone. And, but though people will, if you still really want to go and you couldn't get one of, you know, one of the passes or hotel room or whatever, they will open up because people will cancel reservations or or back out of a ticket sale because the tickets won't ship until, you know, February. Right. So you'll still have time to back out. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So.
3: All right. Well, let me, uh, give our information. Uh, you can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us on Facebook. There's a group page and a fan page. The fan page, I pretty much just update, uh, whenever, uh, new things are going on with episodes. I also, you'll also see my comic book reviews that come from Instagram on the fan page. You just like that and you'll see all that stuff. Uh, in the group page, you request to be part of the group, and I'll approve it the second I see it. That group's growing all the time, and people are contributing like crazy on there, which I absolutely love seeing. That please don't stop. I know we got asked by uh, Greg, which who is known as Chewy. Uh, you know, is it, I know I'm posting a lot. Is that all right? Yeah, please post as much stuff as you want. You know, obviously keep it geeky relevant. You know, uh, as far as that goes, I mean, if someone's posting spam shit or something like that, I'll I'll take it off and probably block that person, but. Uh, we don't have that. At least not, haven't had that for a while. So, uh, knock on wood. Now I'm gonna, now we'll get bombarded with it. But, uh, <laughs> um, but no, people have been posting awesome stuff and people have been commenting on it. I love seeing that, how active people are on there. Um, and interacting with each other and all that type of stuff. And it's been nice and calm. Like people have voiced their opinions, but, which is what you should do. But no one's gotten nasty on there. And I, and you guys know this, I won't tolerate it anyways if you start getting nasty with each other. Um, so it's just been awesome group. Please feel free. Like it's, it's a good place, a good community to, to join up. And, and even if you're just joining to see what we're posting, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, You follow us on Twitter. It's at Star Joes Podcast. And again, if you're following on Twitter, you'll see show update stuff through Twitter. You'll see my comic book reviews that come from Instagram. All that is on the, uh, will show up on Twitter. Occasionally I'll retweet something that somebody else posted. Um, and I will definitely reply to stuff. So if you comment on something or tag Star Joes on something, I'll see it, uh, on there. And I'm usually pretty quick to respond, uh, or like something or whatever. Uh, on Instagram, like I said, it's star Joe's on Instagram and you can find, uh, you can see what I'm reading as far as comics go. Uh, I also update what's going on with the show on Instagram as well. Uh, and, uh, you know, when new episodes come out, there's also Patreon, which I've just recently released two episodes, probably like within a few days of each other. Um, that's $3 a month gets you access to all of the extra star Joe's episodes. We're up to 10 episodes on that. Um, and speaking of which, I do want to give shout outs to the, the sponsors that support on Patreon. Uh, we have Jonathan Morgantini, who has his Just Roll With It, uh, D&D in Middle Earth podcast. Uh, we have Ben Pensurga, who has movies in a meal. Uh, and we have Will Bell, who does Dudes in Toyland, uh, which is all about toy collecting and especially customizing. And I'd be remiss if I did not mention Mr. Matt Anderson, who does not have anything to plug, but is always an awesome guy and always likes to uh, reach out to me and let me know what's going on after every time he listens to an episode we have some pretty awesome chats with each other. So, um, but they, they donated at the sponsorship level. So I really appreciate that. I appreciate everybody that listens to the show. I appreciate everybody that interacts. Uh, please send, uh, emails i'm happy to read them on the air we haven't had any to read in a while just ask us general questions it doesn't have to be anything to do with the show it could just be about hey I, w- I wanted to get your guys opinion on this star wars thing or this transformers thing or this turtles thing or here's my thoughts on these these things or here's what i think about the thundercats new cartoon that's coming out which we didn't even touch on <laughs> so uh, i'm okay with that yeah art style. i'm okay with that too uh, oh you're okay with the art style yeah, it doesn't bother me. Any. I I'm not, but I also I also recognize it is not meant for me, so it's okay. You
1: know, it, I, I get the arguments about yeah. uh, people are pissed off about it, but yeah. it's fine. I'm, I'm not,
3: not a, I'm not pissed about it. I just I don't like it, but at the same time, I recognize that this cartoon is not made for me, so that's fine. Um, that's kind of generally where I land with it. Um, and uh, although I will have a YouTube video coming out soon that I go more in depth about that. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, the YouTube, speaking of the YouTube, uh, YouTube videos are going to start coming out again. Uh, I mentioned not that long ago. I don't know if I mentioned on the main episode or not. I think I did. Uh, I'm going to have a tribute to my pup that I lost, and it's going to be a little bit more uplifting. It's, it's going to be a Ryan Declassified. I'm going to start doing some Ryan Declassified YouTube videos where I basically talk about things going on in my life. Uh, when when relevant and when necessary. Um, but then I'm going to be doing uh, some comic book reviews on there, some thoughts on some things such as the uh, Bumblebee uh, trailer. I'll be doing a, a talk. I'll be seeing some stuff about the Thundercats cartoon coming out. So look forward to some of those videos coming out, and I'll be getting the YouTube channel going pretty strong again. Um, that's pretty much all oh, there's Starjo's merchandise, T-shirts, all hoodies, all that fun stuff, and you can find it all at Starjoes.com. Uh but with that, uh we'll go ahead and close the episode and Eric you can help me close it out. <laughs> okay. The force be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle.